Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Boom. All right, I think we are finally live. What is going on, everybody? This is Randall Thor, 19, the man with the million, with you again with a, another Xbox 2 podcast, one week after the Xbox Series X event, and I'm uh, joined, of course, by my co-host, the one and only Jez Corden of Windows Central, who, yes, has been pre-gaming a little bit. He's a little bit uh, tipsy. Uh, what's going on, Jez? <laughs> well, good, man. You know, it's Friday. Um, I've only been at work for two days this week because of vacation, but it feels like I've done a full week, given that the amount of backlog I had to do <laughs> on Thursday and Friday. I'm never going on vacation again. I've just I've just decided, you know what? Vacations just ain't, ain't for me. They're just not for me. I've been pretty bored, man. Pretty, pretty bored. bored pretty bored so what do you what have you been like, doing on vacation like i know so it's a staycation obviously you stayed home you didn't have to do anything on uh windows central what 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 you been what you been up to How, you know was the vacation okay was it um, was it just you just been getting drunk like what, what's been going on <laughs> i only drink for two reasons i only drink with friends and i only drink for this podcast so that's a, I, there was no drinking but there was uh razor core experimenting with an rtx 2080 so I've been playing a lot of PC games the past week mm. or so. We'll talk about some of those in a bit. Um, that's pretty much it, actually. I've just been playing PC games and napping. So boring. I, I just don't. I don't know how to function when I'm not working. It's it's kind of sad, but it is what it is, man. What have you been doing? And I, I, I'm going to guess it's... it begins with a W. <laughs> yeah, but I mean. You know, it, it's it's uh it's been hectic here because we just had our whole uh, roof replaced, right? So oh. starting on Monday yesterday, or no, actually starting on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, or I forget what day it was. I think it was Tuesday. No, it was actually Wednesday. Forget the days have been kind of blending together. Uh, we had roofers to completely uh, like tear apart the roof and uh, reshingle and stuff. So it was nothing but pounding on the roof from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. And I think Wednesday uh, and or Tuesday and then Wednesday they were back. And then even today they were up there doing some stuff. So, uh, you know, heart, really difficult to get some sleep, obviously, when people are just <laughs> pounding <laughs> their hardest at the... Uh, pounding. Yeah. You know, uh, like, there's, there's a lot of um, these, like house renovation simulator games on pc have you seen any of those yeah you know what i actually have a couple of them i haven't i haven't uh <laughs> played any of them but yeah oh, man. someone's they're making fun of a uh, roof or roof 
I guess. Yeah, I was, it, I was thinking, like, rough? Americans say rough? I mean, I guess it depends on where you're located. Like, I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm from Chicago, so I have that Midwest. Say, say rough mid- in Chicago? I mean, I don't know how it's said. I just say the word. Like, I had I had people up on my roof. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know. Is it's that is that in it. roof? 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 Whatever. You know, you guys know I say things wrong. I mean, how many times have I <laughs> made videos about Xbox and Anaconda and I and I say an, Anaconda <laughs> wrong and stuff? Like, you remember I was <laughs> I was in speech therapy as a kid for like five grades. Yeah. You know, there, there's a certain words I don't really say particularly well, especially when I talk I fast. Saw, um, so someone in the chat earlier, someone in the chat earlier referred to you as Randaconda. Randaconda. Yeah. Randaconda. That's a pretty cool nickname. Yeah, yeah. Randaconda. So we already got people. It, it's a whole thing in chat already. Look roof. at this. Look at look how many people are roof. saying roof or roof. roof. Anyways, <laughs> got to give a shout out to everybody in the chat. We got uh, Daniel Lawson who hit up Super Chat already and says, let's do this. As well as Dead Captain James, he says, Rand, I come from the future to tell you that the PS5 SSD is a secret to time travel. But in all seriousness, <laughs> hype for the next next both consoles and the 3080 Ti. Well, 3080 wow. Ti. 3080 Ti. That's going to be bad. Yeah, so um, it's been a crazy week, man. Since we did the show on Thursday uh, right. last week, we uh, obviously gave our reaction to... Uh, inside Xbox, uh, right? Uh, which yep, we did. You were a little bit worried uh, about uh, if you came off uh, a, a little too harsh. Um, yeah, you know, uh, which I don't think I don't I don't think I don't think we were. You know, I thought we were like, hey, you know, I like what was shown. Uh, you know, Mark could have been marketed a little bit better. You know, but whatever. Uh, nobody's really going to remember it after the July event, so they got to knock it out of the park for that, right? Yeah. Um, but I feel like we've been here before where we said they've got to knock it out next time. They've yeah, got to knock it out next time. Next time. I feel like we've been here before. Uh, yeah, next yeah, time, yeah. Maybe. The next time. Like the next it'll time. be better the next time. Next uh, time. But before we get into all that, because I mean, jeez, oh, we have we have an apology by Xbox. We got the PS5 Unreal Engine 5 gameplay demo. Finally, next gen is here, and it's brought to you courtesy of PlayStation and Epic. Uh, Ghost Tsushima <laughs> had a. Uh, pretty in-depth uh, gameplay reveal which i saw your tweet about it and your article you really liked how they did that i do um, i did we'll talk about that talk about that assassin's creed valhalla in the 30 frames per second next gen discussion Ooh. that was kind of a big thing um price points for series x and ps5 because our buddy michael pactor been out there saying some <laughs> things again as usual um so we got a lot here to talk about, but obviously before we get into that, make sure, you know, you guys, if you're, you haven't, haven't hit that like button already, make sure you hit the like button, subscribe to the channel if it's your first time here, if you haven't, uh, share this out on Twitter or social media because, uh, <laughs> YouTube is horrible at that. And, uh, yeah, follow me and Jez on Twitter. Everything's obviously on screen or gameplay is up because, well, I've, I'll talk about what I've been playing here in a second. So, we're going to get into the games we've been playing. I know Jez is probably playing a bunch of games that I don't care about. Probably like Animal Crossing <laughs> and Pokemon and maybe World Dude, of I Warcraft. Animal Crossing for weeks. I got, uh, I got bored of Animal Crossing. Like a, like I dropped that game like a brick. I don't know why. Like I got to a point and I was just like, man, there's just, an, there's just nothing to kill. So I, I dropped it. Yeah. I dropped it, man. So, um... What have you been playing, Jazz? What 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 have you been up to on your vacation? Uh, playing video games, I'm, drinking that whiskey. Oh man, I've been I've been doing like I've been on a Mech Warrior kick, man. 
Like, because MechWarrior 5 dropped on Xbox Game Pass for PC, right? It's currently only available on Xbox Game Pass for PC and the Epic Game Store. And um, I generally avoid the Epic Game Store because I don't like it. It's super laggy and it just all my games are on Steam. So I just generally avoid it. But I won't say no to free. And since I've got Game Pass Ultimate, I was just like, yeah, I'll try MechWarrior 5. Haven't played a MechWarrior game in years or, mech, you know, I think the last mech, the mech universe game I played was like, not counting Battletech, was like Mech Assault back in the day. And I can barely remember it. I think I rented it or something, but I did love it. And uh, MechWarrior 5 is actually really good. It's like janky and low budget and stuff like that. But it's like, it's so nice to just get in a giant heavy mech and stomp on tanks and walk through buildings and all that sort of stuff. Like, did you ever play the game Mercenaries? Uh, Mercen- uh Which one? Which Mercenaries game? Mercenaries 2. Um, the building buildings destruction yeah yeah like i play that. i play both of the mercenaries games yeah and um red faction gorilla where you could like you could get in those those big loaders and just walk through a building and stuff like that like mech warrior 5 is like that it just you feel so powerful rushing through all these buildings and stuff like that and you know zapping the arms off enemy mechs and stuff like that and and i was really enjoying it but then i got to a point where it was like okay now you get your ai team a team of mechs to work with you and the, the the battles get more difficult and the ai is so bad it is so so bad the difficulty ramped up so high i was just like man i just i can't be dealing with this terrible ai stuff and the steam version actually has like a full-blown mod package to fix the ally ai just to make the game a little bit more possible because your your allies just run in and die you know, it's like, <laughs> and then it's like you versus a whole army of mechs because all your allies have suicided. So, um, you know, but there are there is going to be a big expansion update for the game later this year before they they launch on Steam. So I kind of feel like Mech Warrior Five is in a sort of unwritten early access period right now. Um, it's interesting to me, Ron, because there are rumors that Microsoft might buy Piranha Games who make it. Right, I I did hear some of that. Uh, you know, maybe last year earlier yeah, this because year because they because the piranha... they went they went to yeah. redmond right there was like the thing they, yeah. they went to redmond they they talked about stuff uh but nothing I mean, seems should... to have come out of it yeah. yet at least so far we should like elaborate that like microsoft owns the rights to the mech warrior ip so like they license out mech warrior and battletech to companies to make games based on those universes and mech warrior is like this 80s tabletop game originally it's like really popular cult cult classic and all that sort of stuff so like i think some of that that those meetings of redmond were perhaps more to do with the ip than anything but it's a really cool game and if you've got xbox game fast for pc it's worth checking out it works with a joystick too so you can get that whole simulator sort of experience um and also i've been playing BattleTech, which is basically a turn-based version of MechWarrior 5 uh, which I know you probably won't like, but again, that's super complicated and really addictive. Um, also, I was playing Satisfactory on the Epic Game Store, which is like a factory building game, and I was playing that because Epic gave away Grand Theft Auto Dude, 5. That yesterday. is ridiculous! I totally forgot to add that into the podcast notes, but I was, I yeah, was like, so when I was playing with my buddies last night, I'm just like, Epic is giving away Grand Theft Auto 5, right? Which is 
the best-selling game of this entire generation. And basically what they're doing is very similar to what Xbox Live does with Games with Gold and what PlayStation does with PSN Plus, where they give you two games a month, you claim them, on Xbox and PlayStation, as long as you're subscribed, you can play it for, you know, as, as long as you're subscribed, right? If you unsubscribe, you lose access. But on Epic, I believe you can just claim it and have it forever, right? That's how it works? Yeah. Right? Yeah, you can just claim it and have it forever. you imagine how much money Epic Games had to throw at Rockstar? Because think about it. Like, Grand Theft Auto V was in PlayStation Now for, like, three months. Then it was in Xbox Game Pass for like four months and left. So like that uh, subscription service for four months, they just gave it away for free on Epic to literally anybody without even having a subscription. How much money did Epic have to give Rockstar to make that happen? Dude, dude, dude. That's not even the full story. When I claimed Grand Theft Auto V, it popped up with, you have now got a $10 uh, coupon to spend on other games. So it was like Epic Games paid me £10 to download Grand Theft Auto Five, so I would never, I wouldn't have even reinstalled the app otherwise. And I was just like, literally, Epic Games have just paid me to download Grand Theft Auto Five, which I'm probably never going to play. But I just installed it for free. Imagine yeah. how, how, like, imagine how people would think differently of Games of Gold if they actually gave you something like Grand Theft Auto Five, because lately it's been, it hasn't been good, right? Uh, the games that they've been given with Games of Gold have been pretty, pretty shitty. I'll just use that word. It's pretty crappy. But imagine if, like, yeah, one one month it was Grand Theft down, Auto Five, which would be just like this. But I would imagine it would cost so much money that Microsoft's like, nah, and they would probably rather use that for Game Pass. So Epic is just literally out here just throwing money at every everybody. Like their Fortnite billions they got. They're just reinvesting in their store, getting exclusives to the their PC storefront. And it's like, is it is it really working? Because is anybody really like moving over to the Epic store? Like, yeah, I have, you know, someone like you download the client, download Grand Theft Auto Five. Are you actually gonna well, buy games on the Epic store? Like Well, that's just it. Like I've I've got Satisfactory on there, which I played a bit, and it's quite good, but I'm pretty much done with it now already. I played it for like five hours solid this morning. And it was really fun building a factory and doing a bit of research and stuff like that. But it was kind of like, this game's still in early access. It's kind of thin on actual content. So I'm done with it now. So And I'm not going to play Grand Theft Auto. So I'm just going to uninstall the Epic Game Store again and wait for the next big game they give out for free. Just on the off chance that I might end up playing it for some reason one day. Mm. Because I've play- I played Grand Theft Auto V on Xbox One and Xbox 360. And I'm pretty much done with the game. Like I'm not into Grand Theft Auto Online at all. But you know, it, I have to question how much value is Epic really getting out of this? Because I would imagine they spent a fair bit of money on it. Right? Uh, I don't know. I, and like Fortnite's Fortnite's winding down too. It's and winding down, at, but it's still a juggernaut. It's still, hu- it's still, it's still huge, juggernaut. Yeah. It's yeah. still huge, but it's sort of like, I mean. Between Fortnite and Unreal Engine, Epic Games has a, a ton of cash. So I'm not like I'm not like suggesting that they're hemorrhaging money at all by doing this, but it's kind of like I do question the value because Epic the Epic Games Store app is it it's a resource hog. It's so it's super slow, and unlike Steam, which has all these extra features like the you know the the whole modding platform and the the 
you know dev community and like developers can give feed you updates straight through and i'm sure maybe the epic game store can do that as well but i just know where it all is on steam and it's kind of like why would i bother switching there's literally no reason for me to do so whereas at least with xbox game pass for pc there's like new games coming in every month that make me open the xbox app and try it out like the epic game store is still this sort of weird thing that i'm not even sure why it really exists so i don't know like literally as i'm saying this i'm uninstalling satisfactory and i'm uninstalling epic game store because i know i'm not going to use it anymore mm-hmm. so it is what it is but it's it's interesting you know epic games have been in the news quite a lot this week yeah they have we're gonna be talking about that ps5 unreal thing in a little bit but so i'm just gonna tell you what i've been playing and it's really no different than um you know what i've been playing recently um warzone call of duty warzone uh oh really really i'm shocked you you should be you should be absolutely shocked shocked. um (laughs) i love warzone maybe maybe almost as much as i love PUBG, and i think that has to do with the fact that my crew my boys uh are all playing it like no (laughs) well i mean they're they're i would i would say they're you know like magic's definitely better than me and and so's gopher and you know maka too so yeah they're better than me um but it's get on every night uh play for a couple hours and uh get some wins and it's a lot of fun like um looking forward to seeing what season four brings i i don't know it's just it's kind of reignited the passion that i had when i was playing PUBG. and it, i mean it doesn't it right. doesn't hurt that right now there's literally nothing else to play anyways so it's like i'm not missing mm. anything so it's just like yeah i'm just gonna chill for with warzone until you know last of us part two comes out or you know ghost of tsushima which all might in the super chat he says ran you gonna play ghost of tsushima i just pre-ordered of course i'm gonna play ghost of tsushima um we're going to talk about what we thought about that reveal here in a minute. And Dead Captain James says, I buy games that are on sale on the Epic Store. I guess some people really don't have that preference. They just buy whatever. But I know there are definitely some people out there that are like, Steam or or, or nothing, right? I'm going to buy, buy games on Steam and that's it. I'm not like I'm not anti the Epic Game Store. Like some some people are anti the Epic Game Store. Like someone, someone this morning saw that I was playing Satisfactory, which is exclusive to the Epic Game Store. And they were like um you should double check that china isn't getting your data out of this i'm just kind of like well you know there's doesn't we literally spoke to a security consultant when the epic game store came out because there's this whole rumor about epic game store sending your data to china and all this sort of stuff but like we did a full analysis of the of the um the packets being sent to and from the epic game store app and there was no evidence that it directly sends anything to china you know, an Epic Game Store had like Tencent has a stake in Epic, but they they have no shareholder power over decisions. And you know, there's no reason to think that when Sw- Tim Sweeney says that um, Tencent doesn't have ac- doesn't have any access to Epic Game Store's information, there's no there's no reason to think that he's lying. Like, why would he lie? If he got caught out, it'd be it'd be a scandal. You know, yeah. And someone at Epic would know the truth, and they'd probably leak it. So there's no, there's no reason to think that there's anything to worry about that but people still still think about that you know and they hit me up and they're like oh my god you know is epic sending your data to china like a i don't even care if 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 china has my data i don't care because i'm never ever going to china ever i will never ever go to china and b um i just don't use it because why would i you know i got steam i got xbox game pass for pc 
there's just no reason for me to use it. So, and all my friends use Discord, and you know, yeah, I mean, the, I just use Xbox Live Party Chat. To, I don't even really use. The only reason I use Discord is to you know we stream the podcast uh, using it so we can talk. And there's yeah. a couple servers that I am that I talk to people, but other than that, like I don't really do social media stuff. Like I'm not really on Twitter that much. Um, you know, like I post my videos on YouTube and stuff like that, but, uh, yeah, social media is not my thing. I'm not one of those persons that like sister. I'm like, okay, I need to tweet something today. I, I just, I don't know. <laughs> I have really nothing to, uh, nothing to add to a lot of conversations. <laughs> I've got into this habit where it's just like, if I have a thought, any thought, I just think, oh, I'll tweet that. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna have spaghetti for dinner today. I'm gonna tweet that. Oh, I'm, I'm gonna tweet that. that. No, I'm, I'm, tweet I'm, that. I'm, I'm like awful, awful person. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. So, what did you think of the uh, game announcements that happened this week? You know, because Jeff Keeley, shout out to Jeff Keeley, he's been been doing the Summer Game Fest. We've been getting these announcements that I'm sure we would never have gotten, right, Jazz? Like these games. We're never going to get announced. I'll, I'll, you know, Jeff Keeley's saving everything for us, right? Uh, Are you talking about Tony Hawk? And well, yeah. Thing? So you got Tony Hawk Pro Skater <laughs> One and Two, which was revealed on Tuesday, I think it was. That um, was like the best news of 2020. So, so I, look, if you go on Metacritic and you look at Tony Hawk Pro Skater Two, it's the second highest rated game of all time. Is it? Yeah, I did not know it's that. like it's like a ninety-seven. It's so good though. It's like a ninety-seven or like a ninety-eight on Metacritic. People love you that game. Those, I mean, I played it, but I don't. I mean, I don't really care dude. about Tony Hawk. So dude, it's like dude, it's funny be- like, because like oh, the man. people that love Tony Hawk are like, "Bro, Tony Hawk is back!" And I'm just, I, I'm just like, <laughs> when, I, when I was a whatever. kid, when I was a kid and I was playing those games, I didn't even know who Tony Hawk was man. It wasn't about Tony Hawk. It was about like. They were just so addictive to play. When you like, you know, you you go up like a half pipe and you you do like a ten eighty, and then you like come off that into a grind. And oh man, stringing combos together in that game was so addictive, you know. And like, I think from from that game being so addictive, everyone's in, in the UK. It was a phenomenon, man. Like it, it inspired a whole generation to get into skating. Like me and all of my friends got into skating off the back of tony hawk pro skater one you know like we were all terrible at it but <laughs> it, there was just everyone was skating in the uk at that time that game came out I, I don't i don't know if like america seemed always seemed to have more of a skater culture than the uk did but i really do feel like that game really ignited it more in the uk like i, I don't remember ever seeing a skateboard in the uk until that game came out so um it's a it's hugely nostalgic for me. Like the well, soundtrack it's hugely and, nostalgic for a lot oh, of people. Man. Like people love that that game or the first two, and it's coming out September fourth. It's like I think it's forty bucks, which is a decent price, and it's not really what I would consider a, a like a remake. It's almost a remake in a certain way because it's like yeah, it's like it, you have to think like what did it look like on the PS one? It looked like trash. This is like way more than just a remaster in my mind. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like what they did with Spyro. Like the the Spyro remaster, quote unquote remaster, was really impressive. You know, when when you think of Activision, you often think of like nickel and diming and stuff like that. But they really did a great job with Spyro, and and it looks like they've done a great job with Tony Hawk too. And they did a great job with Crash as well, didn't they? Well, that's the other. So the other announcement <clears throat> was the Mafia trilogy, 
And yeah, the Mafia trilogy. I don't know if you've seen the screenshots of Mafia One. Like stunning. that looks ridiculous. That looks absolutely ridiculous. And I didn't play Mafia One because I think it was PC only when it came out. Like I played Mafia Two. I know, and it's weird because the, supposedly the Mafia Two Definitive Edition comes out next week, which I played it. I played it on a 360. I mean, I got all the achievements on it. Like I really have no interest in replaying that game. Not because it's a bad game, but because like I already played it. So I was like, okay, so that game's coming out first, and then supposedly at the end of August, the Mafia 1 game's coming out first. And I just thought to myself, well, that's a weird way to re- to release games. Wouldn't you want to have the Mafia 1 out first, and then Mafia 2, and then do whatever you want with Mafia 3 Definitive Edition? Um, I guess it's just a case of, like, like maybe, maybe more work had to go into Mafia 1 because it's older. And they just think like, why, why arbitrarily hold the release back? You know, if it's ready, just release it. True. Yeah. I mean, there is that, but it's just like if it's a trilogy and you want to like go through the story, you know, why not release one before the second one? Hmm. Um, I never played. I never played. Um, I haven't played any of the Mafia games. Like I did. I remember installing Mafia One on my PC. I think maybe a demo or something, or maybe I pirated it. Sorry, sorry, Jesus, but um. <laughs> <laughs> but my PC couldn't run it, so I never played Mafia One. <clears throat> yeah, I'm, 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 I'm somewhat. Mafia it, Two either. I'm a little bit interested in Mafia One just because I've never played it. Mafia Two, it's a pretty cool game. If you haven't played it, I believe it's back and pad on the 360. But uh, I don't know. Maybe it's got some improvements in the Definitive Edition for Xbox One mm-hmm. and PlayStation Four. Uh, I don't know if you if you played Mafia Two, Jazz, but. That uh, the main theme that plays when you start up the game. I, I, I every time I would start the game up, I would sit there and listen to the main theme for a little bit. It's like mm. really, really good. Um, are they, they're like, are they like Prohibition era Chicago sort of gangster games? Kind of. They're not like obviously <clears throat> modern times. Like the, I, I want to say you come back from. I want to was it Vietnam or maybe you come back. Man, it's not. Maybe World War II. Mafia Three with Vietnam, right? Mafia Three was Mafia Three was, yeah. Mafia Three, I I think was, yeah. Some like Mafia Two might be the Korean War. Maybe I'm not really sure. Uh, It's been a while since I played the games. Um, I'm gonna check. I'm gonna check those out because you know, I do like my crime games. That's true. And and like we are supposed to have, um, oh, what's it called now? Empire of Sin. We're supposed to have Empire of Sin now, but that got delayed. So I'm going to use Mafia to get my Empire of Sin fix while I wait for that to launch later this year. Yeah, and Sin Vendetta says, I don't know why people are worried about having all the songs back in the game when you can just create a playlist on Spotify and play it in the background. And this game being announced was the best thing ever. Yeah, a lot of people love the soundtrack to uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 Oh man, and two. that soundtrack was just mm-hmm. incredible. And I'm sure it's there's a lot perfect. of licensing that goes around you know, with the songs. Uh, like, I, was sh- I was shocked that they had the full the full complement of the the licensing there. But then, but then when I thought about it a little bit more, I was kind of like, well, artists probably aren't making that much money off those old songs anymore anyway. So it probably wasn't even that expensive to get them. But you know, it's it's awesome that they've they put that effort in because they knew that the soundtrack was like such a a core part of the experience. Yeah. I'm, I'm impressed with Activision on that on that sense, but I tell you what, I'm less impressed with Activision recently. On to digress slightly, but staying on the topic of Activision, like Bobby Kotick, the CEO of Activision, the other day announced with beaming pride 
that Activision was helping the world with the pandemic by hiring 2,000 people to, you know, bring more gaming content. And I couldn't help but remember, around this time last year, or a little bit earlier, Activision arbitrarily laid off 800 people. They sure did. And it's kind of like, hmm, does Bo- did Bobby Kotick really, like, are they going to hire back all the 800 people they fired last year? Like, I just, I just, I can't get my head around that CEO mentality of, oh, guys, I'm so proud we're hiring 2,000 people. Last year, they arbitrarily fired 800 people just to appease shareholders. Like, I just, I just wanted to get that in there because I think it's scummy. It is scummy. You want to know what else is scummy? <clears throat> and ridiculous. Scummy. We had a pretty good laugh about it. The culling. <laughs> oh my god. This culling thing. Okay, so like I got I've gotta go through what this actually is about for people who don't know. So in twenty sixteen, a game called The Culling launched by Xaviant Games. And I don't know what other games they make, but it's probably a good thing. But anyway, Xaviant Games released this Battle Royale-style game, like the Hunger Games, melee-oriented Battle Royale game, um, at the start of the Battle Royale craze. I mean, they the were one of the first. They yeah, were, they, were they, were, the first. they were one of the pioneers. Like, that first culling yeah. game was, you can, you can say, as a pioneer of the genre, for sure. It was very, um... It was very... It was more inspired by Hunger Games. Like, it sort of, like, um... That that failed Xbox project that I can't even remember the name of now. It was Project what, Darwin Project. No, no, no. Well, that was another one. Darwin that was another project one shut, that did, they that just shut down. They, well, they just announced their ending development on it. It's like, yeah, yeah. Of, like, mm. remember, remember when they actually gave time to that at like the E3 2017, uh, whether the shoutcaster up on stage yeah. and it was an Xbox game preview for <clears throat> almost two it's years. Because, um, it was the first game that had full mixer integration. Yeah. Oh, mixer. I'm sure there's that little little bit of info <laughs> that you about, want to talk about later. Talk about, about yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> a lot to talk about this week. The col- but, but the, oh, so the go, calling, go, explain, yeah. how ridiculous is this, Jez? Oh my god, so, it's, it's so, so stupid. First of all, first of all, the culling the culling shut down. First of all, because they said they couldn't, they didn't want to keep it going, or they couldn't afford the servers or something. So what they did was they announced the culling two. Instead, after shutting down the Culling One, even though loads of people are bought it, so the community went crazy at them, and they were like, "What are you doing? Really making a new game after just shutting down the other one? Are you crazy?" So they cancelled the Culling Two and went back to working on the Culling, the Culling now called the Culling Origins, which is kind of like an upscaled version of the original, and that went away for like ages. And then they announced the big re-release of the Culling Origins for Xbox Game Preview again this week. However, you can only play it once per day. Mm. And if you want to play it more than once per day, you either have you have to buy a token to play, which is like I think it's like two or three dollars or something. Not too expensive, but even if you've already purchased the game, you have to buy a token to play. Or buy a monthly subscription, or you have to win the battle royale, and it's kind of like if if the number one thing in your online game is you kind of need players to play your game because PUBG's got this whole thing with bots right now, which is kind of like hindering the game experience because half of the characters are bots, and like the culling expects 
their servers to be populated when people can only play once a day. It's... I've never seen anything like it. It's, like, worse than what you get on mobile. So, uh, that was funny for, like, five minutes. And if you look at the ratio on the tweet, it's got, like, 200 likes and, like, over a 1,000 comments. Dude, it's... people, like, just raging at It's it. absurd because not only do you have to pay to actually play, you have to pay to play to pay to play. Because it's not like it's a free-to-play game where you just download it and like, okay, well, I can I can buy five tokens for ninety nine cents and thirty plays for like five bucks or something, or I can get a seven day pass for like I think it's three bucks or two bucks and a thirty day pass mm. for like six dollars. So like, why would you ever buy individual tokens? Why not just buy the third, you know, the seven day or thirty day pass? But you have to actually buy the game first, so you have to pay them six dollars to buy the game, and then you can only play it one time for free each day, and if you win, you can play a second game. Like, <laughs> pay to play to pay to play. It's ridiculous, especially for a game that a lot nobody really cares about. Like, I, I, I question who this is for, and it, the, the only answer I can come up with is it's for, like, the culling hardcore. Because they did say for the people who own the game originally, like, who own the original culling... You already have it, so you don't have to pay for it. But then those people who were probably clamoring for the original comeback, who wanted to come back, might actually be the ones who actually buy tokens and online passes for it. So they're just going to try to milk money off of that. Nobody knew who's going to play, because why would any of us be like, here's $6 for the game, and then here's more money t- to be able to play it. Now, I guess you know, you, you can make a, a comparison to maybe it's similar to like, Elder Scrolls Online or World of Warcraft, where you got to buy the game and then you got to buy access to play the game, right? Because World right. of Warcraft's the same. <clears throat> well, hold on. World of Warcraft's kind of a similar thing, right? Because you got to buy the game, but then you also got to pay the subscription, monthly subscription, yeah. to be actually able to play it. So it's yeah. similar when you like boil it down to that. It's similar to that, you know, in that sense. But what the hell are they thinking? Nobody's going to play well, this thing. The difference is, like, World of Warcraft is a full-blown social network. It's got tons of content. Like, I've got 10,000 hours played in that game. I'm not going to play the culling for 10,000 hours. And it's it's just, like, a completely multifaceted proposition. And, and Blizzard, are, Blizzard are the only ones, really, that have proven to provide value on that subscription fee. Uh, well, World of Warcraft and Final Fantasy XIV Run Reborn, as Surf said in chat. Like, those are the only two subscription-based MMOs that really exist at that level. Like, even Elder Scrolls Online, like, the, the subscription is op- optional. I think you can play the full game, but, like, if you subscribe, you get some extra extra coins or something like that and stuff like that. I don't know. And Star Wars, Star Wars The Old Republic Online is the similar. Like, you can play the whole game for free, but if you want to get some extra stuff, you can subscribe. But what the, what the calling is saying is, like, you can only play the game a tiny little bit per day and and then you get nothing. It's just it's just weird, man. It is weird. I don't know. It's very weird. It's um, weird. It's just not going to work. You know what else is a little bit weird? I did not expect this after the Xbox Series X event. Was that Aaron, Aaron Greenberg actually had to come out and apologize for it, Jez? I did not think that hmm. was going to ha- like you what did can he actually say. Um, he basically said that, uh, you know, if they had not said anything, um, that if they just did inside Xbox and people, 
you know, saw the games that uh, the reaction would have been different. Um, so basically, you know, implying that it was a failure on marketing. Mm. Is it weird that he had to come out and apologize for it, though? Like, do you do you think that that event got like put aside? Like, do you think they laid the blame at his team? Well, that's the thing I was thinking about. Would he be the one to blame for this? Since he is, he's not the head of marketing at Xbox. That no. would be Jarrett West, I believe. I mean, I do think Greenberg he's is like he's a general manager, so like he's not necessarily in charge of setting up strategy and stuff like that, right? He's just a passionate guy, and um, he's often pointed to as the head of marketing, even though he's not. You know, so it's not like Aaron Greenberg is to blame for any anything untoward i would argue but at the same time he's kind of he's kind of evolved to be a bit like major nelson in in the sense that he's become like a hype man for xbox and in that he does a really good job but the problem is when you you're hyping something a little bit too much that isn't maybe necessarily warranted i guess and you get to a point where it's kind of like you know the the hype for an event maybe doesn't live up to the reality of the event and i think that's where xbox caught, caught out with that sh- that showcase thing we talked about that last week you know but i think like i think the fact that he came out and publicly apologized is kind of to me that sort of validates the article that i wrote about after the sh- after the fact where i was like microsoft's trying to muddle through the change in procedures as a result of the whole virus thing because microsoft's like this big corporate entity where you have to get approval to do anything you have to jump through hoops to change to change any process or practice there's like all these like hoops that have to be leapt through which is why i think sony and nintendo and smaller companies like this even goes towards things like discord and skype and zoom and stuff like that smaller companies and companies that are less corporate in their approach, they're able to respond to change more quickly than Microsoft is. And that has caught Microsoft out so many times in so many different ways. And I kind of feel like this virus thing is catching out Xbox in a marketing capacity. I I feel. Because like they had like whenever when everything was going by the rules, they were doing really well. Up until this whole virus thing dropped. And now it kind of feels like it's sort of derailed xbox a little bit more than some others who maybe have responded a little bit better to the change at least that's like my sort of damage control style explanation it could just be a total fail you know but i want to believe i want to believe so hard that they'll have read the room after this and especially given ghost of tsushima and the state of play and the the full the 18 minute gameplay demo which was so much better received than inside Xbox. Um, I hope they read the room and pivot because, you know, Ninten- both Nintendo and Sony are just better at presenting their games. I don't know why Microsoft seems so afraid to, you know, be a bit more upfront with its games. Like, I wrote in an article today that we were shown Gears Tactics behind closed doors about a month before launch. They showed us they showed us a really cool demo of the game and then press went away and wrote about it. I was thinking yesterday, instead of showing it to press and getting press to write about it, why didn't they show it to press and then just show it to the public too? You know, 
or just show it to the public and not even bother showing it to press. Like, it might seem like an odd thing for me to advocate for since I benefit from exclusive access, but it, there's just no reason to keep that stuff behind closed doors. It feels like a relic of the past to, um, you know, go to press first and then not bring it further afield. Why not just show it to the public? They could have shown the Gears Tactics gameplay demo straight to the public. But, you know, I feel like it's corporatism and and wanting to stick to what they know, you know. Beat Games uh, Life Zim84 says, it's almost like 18-minute gameplay was a direct response to Inside Xbox, no gameplay. Uh, No, Mm, it it wasn't. There's no... They would have had that... That would have had that ready weeks, maybe months. There's no way they cut an 18-minute vertical slice, you know, whatever, in one week's time. Uh, no, they they've been probably already preparing that since uh, you know how do you talk about Ghost of Tsushima when you can't really invite press to play it anymore like you would with Last of Us Two and how they did before so it's like we're just gonna have a state of play where it's just eighteen minutes there's no way that was directly in response it was just something that they were doing so the question then becomes Jazz you know if if Xbox and you know like Aaron Greenberg were hey we're sorry we'll do better we'll learn from it. Obviously, then you got to wonder, okay, so what do they do differently uh, for July then? If they're saying, if they're saying, and like in his tweet, he says, hey, we'll take, we'll take all the feedback as a team and we'll improve. What do you think then changes about the July event? Does he think anything changes? You think they're just going to do what they were planning on doing? Like, what do you think happens with that then? Well, it's, it's great. You asked that, Rand, because there's a there's a perfect template for how they should present July. And if you go back and look at the recent Nintendo Direct Mini, they called it Nintendo Direct Mini, which is hilarious because it had more content, more details, and more anything than the recent Inside Xbox. If you watch how the recent Nintendo Direct Mini was presented, where they showed off Xenoblade Chronicles and Brave 2 and stuff like that, um, they they showed the games off in a very fast-paced way, but they also gave an overview of all the gameplay details. The UI was there. It was like, this is the, these are the mechanics. This is what you do in the game. It was the same narrator throughout the whole thing. So it was consistently cut. Um, there was no like on-camera stuff. It was just pure games, pure gameplay, and pure information. And it was around the same runtime. It was about 20, 25 minutes long, which is similar to the inside Xbox. They just need to literally, all they need to do is look at Nintendo Direct Mini, copy that format exactly, and it'll be fine. And then do one of those every couple of months or every three months or four months or whatever. Just do one of those. It's the perfect format for modern times. Mm. And surely it's, it's going to be cheaper to make too. And easier to make, less people involved, less logistics. Literally, all you need is a narrator, someone to cut the footage, and put some like text on the screen. Like, hell, hit me up, Microsoft. I'll do it for you. you know? So, <laughs> Kay Asante says, Ryan from the IGN said on a podcast today that uh, IGN had IGN had uh, ghosts for IGN first, but CD19 made them cancel last minute. And uh, Faisal says, I think inside Xbox and PR, Microsoft needs shuffling or new blood. Since most journalists are Sony fans, what do you think? Uh, they do have a lot of new people there. Um, 
I forget the name. Cindy Walker, I believe, is the one who's a recent hire from Amazon. Uh, and she was the one that kind of came up with the idea of revealing it at, you know, the Game Awards. There's a lot of new people that work in marketing for Xbox. So I think they're doing a good job there. But I, I know, Jez, to your point about Nintendo Direct, like do a Nintendo Direct for Xbox's thing. And while I agree with you, if you can't do a big stage show, that Nintendo Direct is probably the best way to do it. Yeah. But uh, let's be honest here. Like You have a lot of politics at Xbox. You have a lot of yeah. egos there. I think yes. those people would want to do something that is unique to Xbox, and they don't want to be seen as copying anybody. You know, I don't care. I, don't I, I know. Care I know you don't care. But they, they are coming at a position. Of, they're coming from a position of weakness. They can't have ego about this. I don't care if there's if there's someone at Xbox who's been there for decades who's saying, "Oh, we should do things like this. We did we did this back in the nineties or whatever." I don't care that that mentality has to go away because it's that menca- mentality which is you know killed Skype and let Discord and Zoom eat Skype's lunch. It's that mentality that have, has done a number on a load of Microsoft products. And it's that mentality that'll stop Microsoft reacting to change, you know. So, but that—that's you. You hit the nail on the head, man. It's probably a load of politics. Yeah. So, I don't know what it will look like. Maybe it looks like the inside Xbox. Uh, maybe it doesn't. Maybe they just run trailers. Uh, I don't expect it to be like Nintendo Direct. But here's the thing: the re- real reason I bring it up is because if. I don't think anything is really going to change because I don't think really anything can change mm. for whatever they were planning on for July, right? Because in two months' time, what can you realistically do when everybody's working from home and you're already planning on certain things? Like if you were planning on doing a trailer, two-minute announced trailer, and you saw the reaction to where's the gameplay, do you have enough time to cut a now make a vertical slice of the game and actually do a gameplay demo? Probably not. So I don't really see anything changing uh, for the July event other than maybe how Microsoft positions it or maybe how they talk about it uh, in like an Xbox Wire post when they announce it and maybe how they they promote it on social media. So I certainly don't see like, okay, uh, people were upset that we said first look gameplay and we know that people want to look want to look at gameplay. I don't think suddenly now Microsoft is going to playground games and was like, you know what? That that cinematic announced trailer that we were playing planning for Fable, scrap that and cut us a four minute gameplay demo for Fable. Well, the thing is, like, first of all, trailers have a place, right? It's not like trailers are inherently bad and like having the cinematic angles cut, but trailers are a relic of the TV movie theater era. Where it's like we've got you've got you've got to fit everything that you want to say in a certain amount of time, you know. And games just can't work to that sort of format sometimes. Sometimes, like sometimes, if I want to write a game review, the game would be simple, and it'd be like I can get like a decent review out of like two hundred, twelve hundred words or something. But sometimes the game's really complicated, and I have to like blow it up to like two thousand five hundred words or something. And I feel like games. When you present a game, you can't just condense everything into a small amount of time. Sometimes you have to, specifically for TV and movies. But with YouTube and streaming, you're not restricted like that anymore. You know, you, you should let 
you should give games as much time as they need to be properly explained. And I think like Microsoft can have those sorts of trailers just fine. And they serve a purpose, you know, they're great for announcing a game maybe before you get details later. But as long as you, as long as they're presenting and setting expectations properly and not calling a cinematic trailer without a UI gameplay footage, because it ain't, if, if there, if there ain't a UI there, there's nobody playing it, you know, you know, how can they play without a UI and stuff like that, you know? So it is what it is. Yeah. Um, but, as for the Halo, as for the July event, we did get confirmation of the first game that we know is going to be there, but now it's confirmed to be there. And that's Halo Infinite Jazz. Obviously yep. not a shock to anybody. It was expected, especially since they're saying it's still coming this year. That they're working their asses off to try to get Halo Infinite launched with Series X, or maybe it launches a month after Series X. Who knows? They're still they're still firmly squared and being like, we want Halo Infinite out this year. So obviously, that is probably going to be the headline for July and a look at Halo Infinite. And I think, I think it needs to be a big blowout. In fact, you know, if I was Microsoft. I'd have like a like a four minute demo here or something, but then I'd have an event sometime in August specifically devoted to Halo. Like, I would like, do that too. like, 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 like how Sony did with Ghost of Tsushima. Like, you need an event just focused on Halo. Yeah, sure. I'm sure there's people out there who don't care about Halo, just like I'm sure there's people out there who don't care about Ghost of Tsushima or don't care about Last of Us or don't care about Gears. But it's your big game this holiday. Like, you need to blow out the information. So, I hope in July, when the event comes, we get a run-through of a campaign mission, uh, and we get an explanation of the multiplayer systems. And I'm not saying it needs to be a 10-minute thing, but it definitely needs to be a chunky look of the actual game being played on Series X. And then maybe in September, maybe in August, you do a dedicated, focused... Uh, you know, uh, walkthrough of Halo Infinite. Explain all the mechanics and the systems, uh, the multiplayer. When is the multiplayer beta coming? You know, 343 promised after the debacle that was the Master Chief Collection that every single Halo game going forward will have a beta. You know, they do the flighting now with, like, the stuff on PC. I would imagine probably right now there is a Halo Infinite internal flighting uh, going on, clearly. Uh, but people want to know, like, when am I going to get my hands on it? Is it actually going to be a true beta like it was for Halo 5? Remember, Halo 5 launched in October of 2015, but the beta for Halo 5 came out in, like, December of 2014 or, or January of 2015? Like, a true actual beta, one that could actually, uh, you know, help, uh, give developers feedback in a way that, you know, they have a lot of, a lot of time to actually implement some of the changes, is this one more going to be maybe a marketing a beta where like, oh, it's like a month out or two months out and we you do it and you really can't change much just out seeing like how the servers respond. But like mm. that's kind of the thing for me is like Halo's going to be there and they need to show it because if that that's the that's the thing that Greenberg, when his apology, when he's like, yeah, we'll, we'll, the better is like, well, if you know now, if you're talking about first look gameplay and you say gameplay and you don't show gameplay... I swear to God, Halo Infinite better not be a two-minute trailer. I swear, if, if, I, if I'm if i sitting down in, in July and I'm getting ready to watch this thing 
and you drop a two-minute quick-cut gameplay trailer of Halo Infinite, I'm gonna be—I'm not gonna be a happy person. Because we're at that point now where games coming this year. Uh, show me uh, a significant, uh, you know, bite of the game that I can like sink my teeth into. I don't need to see another trailer. I've seen two trailers already. I saw a trailer in 2018 and I saw a trailer in 2019. I don't need to see another trailer. I need to see the game being played at this point. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, yep. I don't need to see Fable gameplay at this point. I just need to know Fable exists. So if you want to give me a Fable announcement trailer that's a cinematic or something, I'm cool with that. Like, I don't need to see Perfect Dark gameplay at this moment. I just need to know Perfect Dark exists. Same thing with a lot of the other Xbox Game Studio games. I don't need to see gameplay of Obsidian's next title after Grounded. I just want to know what's real and that it's coming. But for something like Halo Infinite, or maybe even something like Forza Motorsport 8, like games that are coming soon, yeah, I want to see I want to see what it looks like. I want to see and then when you specifically talk about the differences of like why you need to get a Series X versus an Xbox One X. What is Halo Infinite doing differently on Series X that it can't do on One X? Does the SSD change anything? Is there any improvements? Can can we see some of that in action? Like what is the 12 teraflops of GPU power that you you know brag about on social media? How does that uh, compare to what the game looks like on the six teraflop Xbox One X? Like. Show me the reason why Series X is the one you want to play it on versus a system that you already own. That I think that should be maybe communicated a little more clearly. Maybe you do a side by side. Here's Halo Infinite, and look at the ray tracing. Look at look at how much better it looks versus the one. I, but I guess maybe that you do that, and you're kind of shitting on your older console. But I think some of those are the things that people are really wanting to see at these events this Xbox event in May and this PlayStation five unreal thing was like, they wanted to see, you know, what these systems can do differently than the other ones. And so far, you know, you really haven't, but that's kind of my, uh, what I want halo infinite to show off in July and what I want Xbox to really do with that stuff. So it really depends on the game. Like I said, like fable, just tell me it's real. I'll, I'll, you know, I don't need this. I don't need to see like, just tell me it's real. Like I don't need to see gameplay from it, especially in a in a first trailer. I never expect gameplay from a first announcement trailer. Nobody ever really does that. So I'm I'm cool with just that. But for Halo, nah, give it to me. I need to see the whole thing at this point. Uh, shout out to Jericho Jackson for the super chat. Uh, Fajal, he says if they show Hellblade two one minute gameplay running on Series X, that'll be enough for me. Microsoft is still traumatized since 2013. Uh, and Jericho Jackson with another super chat, appreciate it. And Aaron Johnson says, what will Microsoft do with hardware tech and event in June? So that's the other thing that's going on in June is Xbox is having some sort of thing. Um, what do you think uh, they're doing in June, Jez? Well, June is historically their sort of build conference time frame. And in the past, Phil Spencer's given keynote speeches at build to talk about things they're doing with DirectX and stuff like that. Um, obviously, we've got DirectX ray tracing is the 
Oh God, the really loud car just drove past my window. Sorry about that. Mm-hmm. Um, we got like uh, DirectX ray tracing, which is going to be baked into the Xbox Series X at hardware level. And uh, they'll probably talk about that. But I suppose the elephant in the room is like, will they talk about Lockhart finally? Like I've mm-hmm. heard that Lockhart is now... I've heard that Lockhart's being developed for. I've heard that Lockhart's being tested by employees internally. Um, so it's gotten to a point where it's kind of like they've got to show it eventually the problem with lockhart is that a lot of the narrative about lockhart is going to be price and it's like if they're if they're gonna have price locked down then and like you can't just really announce like the console which is less powerful without naming the price because the price is the whole story it's like yeah it's less powerful but hey it's this much cheaper like you can't just say it's just less powerful i think that's a weird marketing proposition so but at the same time, they want to get it out there and into the minds of developers and be like, yeah, we've got like a cheaper console coming that has the SSD tech that has like whatever, like lower resolution ray tracing and or some of the next gen features, but at a more affordable entry point, like developers are going to want to hear about that. Like, and they can't just, I'm sure like um, their first, the first party devs know about it. Some of the bigger, the bigger third party devs know about it, but like, what about those indie devs and like general developers too like they're gonna want to hear about it and they're going they're going to want to know how does the the dante dev kit help them develop games across the three well four platforms really because you're gonna have you're gonna have a skew for xbox one og xbox one x and xbox series s and xbox series x presumably so they're gonna want to be transparent about how developers are going to create that so ultimately i have no idea I mean, and, um, yeah. Well, Bloomberg said it's focused on platform and services, uh, and that IGN is running it. I think because uh, there was a question I was on the podcast the other night, and someone asked, like, would that be Microsoft's counterpunch? Right? Like, Microsoft did this May event. Sony countered with the Epic Games uh, PS5 Unreal Engine demo. Right? Sony is rumored to also be doing uh, a June event uh, early next month. And some people are speculating, like, oh, what's Microsoft's counterpunch going to be? And some's like, could it be Lockhart? And I just really think, like, that doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. Because what, like, if, if, if PlayStation comes out in June, early June, and they're like, here's Horizon Zero Dawn 2, and here's Spider-Man 2, and here's a new Ratchet & Clank, and here's a Demon's Souls remake, and here's some timed-exclusive third-party content like Silent Hill. Well, actually, Silent Hill's probably more exclusive, permanent exclusive. But, like, something like Street Fighter Six, maybe timed-exclusive for a year. Uh, maybe some other games. And, like, Microsoft the next day is like, okay, here's Lockhart. And it's like, you're really counterpunch with, a, like, the, the not-as-capable, like, Xbox? That doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. Um, mm. So... I don't know Maybe what they just announce it in a blog post. I don't think like the I don't think they necessarily have to go with like a big huge event for Lockhart. Like people think like people automatically think new hardware means new um new like a showcase or or a video or something. I don't think it necessarily means that. Like Microsoft announced upgrades to Surface Book 3 and uh, the recent Surface devices, basically in a blog post with a little YouTube trailer. I think, like, if they do reveal Lockhart, it's going to be, like, um, a blog post, maybe. 
I don't think they're going to make a big deal of it. I think they're going to be like, yeah, Lockout exists and it's for casuals and it's cheaper. And that's about it. I think yeah. I don't think they'll announce that at a big event. What? So like, I don't, but have they even said they're going to have a showcase in June? I don't know if they even, I have. don't, but here's the thing. I don't think Xbox is doing anything in June. I think it's something IGN is doing that Xbox is a part of. Ah. I, I, so that's what I think it is, but um, I got to give a shout out to Showin. He says Xbox marketing is equal to great box art on the box of a bad game. Remember when you were a kid and a game box looked amazing, but the game sucked bad? Oh yeah, oh yeah, the really awesome looking box art that made you want to play the game, and then you bought it, and it was garbage. Yeah, uh, Double Barrel Gaming, aka Mister Boomstick, who I will be on his show Monday, hopefully. Uh, he says hello from New York, Rand and Jazz. I'm making homemade pizza. Great show as poor the norm. Uh, thank you, Boom, for the support. I will see you on Monday. Um, I wonder what topics you'll have for uh, me to talk about. And then Penny NY says, One, the hate from the May 7th event just highlights how little room for error Xbox has. Two, hope Phil and company realize this and bring it hard in July. Um, yeah, so, but the other thing I was kind of curious about with this rumored PlayStation 5 June event, which I think, I think Sony is going to really bring a lot of games. Like... I've heard from a bunch of different people that Sony's out there really spending a lot of money getting third-party timed exclusives uh, to bolster Oof. their launch because they're not their their first party isn't really going to be ready yet. Like I think they're going to launch with the new Ratchet and Clank. And I think they're going to launch with Ooh. a Demon Souls remake, and maybe Gran Turismo Seven mightn't be in there, but I doubt it. But you already know about Godfall. Uh, so I think when they, I think they want to basically just wow everybody, just basically blow everybody's socks off with the stuff they have. So obvi- I, you know, obviously you'll get Horizon Zero Dawn two, which I think is coming in twenty twenty one. I think you'll see Spider Man two, which is probably coming at the end of twenty twenty one. I don't think you'll see get God of War because that's supposed to be a little bit farther out. But there's going to be a lot of bigger third party games there. Uh, you know, like maybe like Street Fighter six. Uh, maybe like Resident Evil 8 and, and stuff like that. And then I'm kind of curious if Sony is going to announce the price of the system at this. Because we assume if they don't reveal the console before then, they would definitely have to reveal the console at this event, right? The console's mm-hmm. obviously supposed to be coming out in the fall. So do they also then reveal the price? Do they kind of n- reveal everything about the PlayStation 5, including the launch lineup and what it looks like, but leave the price out? forcing microsoft to talk about price in july like is this going to be a cat and mouse thing where like nobody talks about the price of their consoles until later on in the year or is sony just going to come out there and just be like 3.99 and then make microsoft kind of be like okay what do we do here do we drop series x to 3.99 do we just keep series x at 4.99 and make sure lockhart's 2.99 you know like there was an event where sony Sony came out on stage and announced a price and then dropped the mic. That what? was... Was that the was PS2? That like, I think that was the PS2 one. Or the maybe PS2 it, or PS1? Was it the PS1? Um, I think it might have been the PS1. It could I have been. I, I know which one you're talking about because I've seen it. Uh, I've seen <laughs> videos of it and they just got up on stage and they're like two ninety nine and literally just turned and walked back off stage. That's, <laughs> that's a good price. Um, uh. 
I'm so I'm, I'm just really curious yeah. to see if Sony reveals the price because then obviously if they do, I think Microsoft reveals the price of their console in July. So I, one of the reasons why I think Microsoft is waiting for July, yeah, they want to give their teams more time, and I think they want to know for sure if Halo is going to make this year because if you're going to do your July event and you got to give ba- you got to give release dates, you got to give the release date of the console, and then you got to give you know the release date of the games. And, you know, there's rumors going around that, you know, Halo Infinite may not make 2020. It's like, you know, maybe they get, like, we'll give you till July. We're, we're going in July. We need to know by then. We'll know by then, by July, if the game's coming out at the end of the year. Um, it would just be interesting to see if Microsoft would then give the price and then introduce Lockhart. Because that would be like, okay, now we can talk about the price. Here's Lockhart and all that stuff. Um... But I, I, I just kind of want to see, you know, what these two things here, this 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 third-party one with the smaller games and this PS5 Unreal thing, which we're about to talk about, like, I just want to see real games, right? Like, Yeah, I just want to see real games. I'm so fed up of, like, the games they showed, the trailers they showed look amazing. Like, Scorn looks amazing. The Medium looks amazing. The Ascent looks amazing. I'm really hyped for those games that they did reveal. But I want to see them running i want to see them playing i don't mm. i know i don't know i'm just i'm tired of trailers you know well so so um, so sony did their or epic rather did a ps5 unreal engine demo what day was that wednesday jez i think it was wednesday um yeah maybe and what so i haven't talked to you about it i don't know what your thoughts are on the demo so hit, hit me up did you, did you think it was impressive did you like, dude i it reminded me of every other Unreal Engine demo. Like, mm. looks great, but doesn't re- doesn't give us doesn't result in games, you know. And I think like um, you had some God of War developers come out and say like, "Good luck making a full game that looks like that." And it's like if you go back and look at the the reveal for Unreal Engine Four, if you go back and look at the reveal for Unreal Engine Three, games just don't look like that. You know, it's because making a tech demo is a lot different from making a full game. Like, if you're making a tech demo, you can make a rock 8K textures. But when you've got business business considerations, you're not going to put your developer spending like a million hours making an 8K rock. You're just not going to do it because people's eyes aren't drawn to the 8K rock. So it's not like it's indicative of what the game's going to look like. It's just indicative of what's possible, you know? And what's funny to me is people act like this is exclusive to PlayStation, you know? Mm. Like, what? This is... <laughs> I, got, I got news for you. Unreal Engine powers pretty much most AAA games from third parties and most of Microsoft's first-party games. And it's like... It's... It's just almost irrelevant. Like it's cool stuff, you know. If you go if you go back seriously, go back and watch the Unreal 3 engine demo. Games just don't look like that. Because there's no need to make the games look like that because people don't look at an 8K rock. You know. So, and yeah. it's cool. It's cool to see what could potentially happen. But like as well, if you go back and look at um did you see that Square Enix demo? Mm-hmm. The the Witch, the Witch 3.0 demo from from uh a while ago like that was like i can't that was like five six years ago maybe mm-hmm. and that was like that was running on a gtx 1080 two gtx 1080s in sli and games even now don't look anything like that because you, 
again, you don't need to make an 8K rock. But but it's cool to see what the effects are like, and it's cool to see, you know, what is potentially possible. And like maybe you can make some of those 8K rocks with AI in the future and stuff like that. It's all about showing what is possible with the power that the systems are going to have, you know. But again, go back and look at the old demos. Games just don't look like that. Mm. So here, here's one thing I'll disagree with you on about that was I went back before this Unreal 5 engine demo and I watched the Unreal uh, Engine 4 demos. Have you have you gone back and seen any of those? Yeah, I, I literally just said that. Well, I think you mentioned Unreal Engine 3. But I disagree with you when you say none of the games, they haven't been surprised. I, I think a bunch of games have surpassed those early tech demos from 2013. Mm. 100%. Like, I, I, Gears 5 surpasses all of them. Like, you, you go go watch the Ele- <laughs> Elemental one. No, seriously. I'm I'm telling you, man. I am telling you, it's trickery. If you go, if some of the sections in Gears Five look amazing, but they are designed to look amazing, you'll notice that you'll pass through you'll pass through a, a small crack in Gears Five, and you'll end up there's there's that, there's that forest scene, right? I know you're thinking of that forest scene, Rand, with the icicles and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. That scene was designed specifically to make you look and think, oh wow, the game looks amazing. Now, if you go to one of the combat sections in Gears 5 and look at the scenery, it looks nowhere near as good. And you don't notice because your eyes aren't drawn to the scenery in the combat section. Those, those, those slow parts in the forest in Gears 5, they look amazing because they've been designed that way. And they even have, like, I think they said in some interview that they even have some limited ray tracing effects on the 1X. They were experimenting with ray tracing in those scenes, specifically just those scenes to make them look good hmm. now go i swear go back and play gears 5 go to one of the combat sections it looks nowhere near as good as that unreal engine demo it just doesn't right okay you know? okay fair enough um but i also feel that here, here's so here's my thoughts on the ps5 thing i thought it was impressive because i thought it looked really good right i thought it was like okay this is something that uh, could be attained in a couple of years from now right um but then you get online and you see this reaction from people like this couldn't run on Series X because of you know Sony's fast <laughs> SSD and stuff. And I, and I, I sit there and I, I think to myself like, are people this dumb? Are really <laughs> like truly this dumb? Uh, but but then I realized no because it's effective marketing and they've just fallen for the marketing. And I'll explain what I mean in one second. Got to give a shout out to the Osman for the super chat. One from Sin Vendetta who says Sony dropped a two ninety nine price for the PS one to counter the Sega Saturn at three ninety nine. Uh, Geekhead one eighty eight. He says, uh, you know, how many games will Xbox show in July? No clue yet. We're gonna have to wait and see uh, what they say about it. But so here's the thing that that what I mean by that is that when you actually listen to the interview afterwards, right? And Jeff Keighley tries to get him to talk about Xbox or Xbox Series X versus PS5. Uh, Tim Sweeney won't even mention the word Xbox, <laughs> right? Like, he won't even mention Ooh. it, even though Xbox is a huge partner for Epic, even though, like, 10 of the 15 studios that Xbox has uses Unreal Engines. Won't even mention the, the word, right? Um, because... It's, it's it's your basic marketing arrangement between two parties. 
It's very similar to, if you recall, Sony having a marketing deal with Destiny. And Microsoft was not allowed to talk about Destiny. They had to do that stupid Destiny fragrance commercial, right? Or even more recently, uh, Square Enix and Final Fantasy VII Remake. We know that's exclusive for a year, but Square Enix won't mention any of the platforms that are supposedly coming to when that exclusivity arrangement comes up, right? The reason being is because these companies engage in marketing, like where you're not really allowed to talk about the other competing platform. So this was a marketing arrangement between Epic and PlayStation. They built this beautiful looking demo, which it's really impressive. And it does give you the sense of like, this is what next gen could look like in a couple years. You know, when, de- when developers bin the PS4 and the Xbox One and start working exclusively on next-gen consoles, this is the holy grail. These are what games can look like. And then you, like, you talk about how Sony's kind of marketed the PlayStation 5 already. You know, initially, it was talk about, like, oh, well, Spider-Man could only swing through the city really slowly or only at this one speed. But with the SSD of the PlayStation 5, he could go even faster. You know, you've seen those videos. They've talked about it constantly. Mm. And then what did they show at the end of this demo? It's a really fast-moving, flying cinematic because they confirmed it wasn't playable. And any, anybody who knows anything about video games and been playing a long time will know from watching that you knew it wasn't playable. That everybody's like, okay, yeah, sure. The, the, the Xbox Series X could play that demo. But but that flying section, mm-mm, couldn't do it, couldn't do it because because the PlayStation Five SSD is just so fast, couldn't stream in the textures and all I mean, that stuff. It's 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 funny and it's it's people just falling for for marketing and which kudos to kudos to Sony because obviously it's working right. Their marketing for for what they're doing at the PlayStation Five is clearly is clearly working because they they haven't even this wasn't even them talking about it. Right? It's literally Epic showing off something, and they're not even allowed to talk about the Xbox version or the PC version. It's it's incredibly it's incredibly great marketing for them. Uh it's it's worked, but that's mainly because a lot of people don't know how this stuff works and then they don't know the tech behind it. All they know is PS5 Magic Carpet SSD ride. And they think <laughs> that, you know, the even though the Xbox has its own SSD and it's like nope the Xbox couldn't run it and even though it, it's absolutely it's absolutely ridiculous people fall for this shit I think like I think partially they're not actually falling for it I think what it is is that it's become acceptable to lie and troll yourself in the era of fake news and shock YouTubers and clickbait and stuff like that it's it's become like universally acceptable to lie to yourself and troll yourself and then you can be like uh like to yourself you can be like oh i know i know the truth but you know uh, i'm just going along with the you know the trolling or whatever you know it's it's i think part of it is trolling and but sony's really leaning into that and they're playing it really well because i got like 
<laughs> it just blows my mind because it, that people act like the Xbox Series X has like a mechanical hard drive in it. That like it it doesn't have like gigabytes worth of bandwidth of SSD tech too, as well as like the the velocity architecture which enables additional caching and all that sort of gubbins, you know. So the worst case scenario is that maybe on the magic carpet scene on Xbox Series X, maybe you get a little bit of texture pop. Maybe. That's the only difference I can see. Being plausible. Some things that you aren't really going to notice. And I think, like... But the problem is, Sony have got six months worth of mysterious and mystique to build up this sort of narrative that works against Xbox. And they did it last gen by saying, you know, 1080p is better than 900p or whatever. Even though, like, to the naked eye, it's barely discernible. And, um, you know... And people... People stop talking about resolution. As soon as Xbox One X was more powerful than PS4 Pro, nobody talked about resolution anymore. It didn't matter. You know, nobody talked about 1440p versus full 4K. No one talked about it. It suddenly didn't matter. And like suddenly, like games won't matter either. Like if 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 Microsoft announces like a huge stable of high quality games in July, people people will just write them up and say, oh, those games are going to be bad or something. And like the narrative will just be, oh, those games will run slow because of the SSD or stuff like that. I think like there is something to be said. Some people in chat were saying that Sony's more cutthroat with its marketing, and maybe Microsoft isn't anywhere near as aggressive. Like the fact that the fact that Phil was humble and even like almost apologetic about Rise of the Tomb Raider. Was it Rise of the Tomb Raider that exclusively? It was, right? Yeah, they they uh, did the exclusive times exclusive for Rise of the Tomb Raider, the f- the and everybody fact- everybody was so pissed off about that. The media the wouldn't. That that would- yeah. yeah, go ahead. But go the, ahead. the fact, but the fact that he was apologetic about that is like, it shows a character trait that is like admirable and laudable, but at the same time, it's kind of like a character trait that Sony just. It kind of works against Microsoft to be less cutthroat, you know, and say things like, oh, we don't want to have exclusive time DLC. We think that's bad practice and stuff. And it is. It is bad practice. It sucks. It sucks for anyone who's negatively impacted by it. But the fact is, if Microsoft doesn't do it, then Sony will at the end of the day. And it's kind of like it's um, it does make you wonder about whether Microsoft is a little bit too worried about seeming too aggressive because there's this whole image that microsoft wrestles with from the 90s and the early 2000s where they just they just used to buy companies and shut them down to to kill the competition you know and microsoft had this re- this really eat like that they, they went from like two extremes they went from like the extreme of being like this evil corporate overlord to being this like Oh, we're sorry. You know, we we want to be good and help everyone now. You know, they went from like one extreme to the other, and um, I wonder if that plays a part in it. I don't know. Well, Faisal says, "Hey, why does Microsoft give free pass to Jeff? He is so anti Xbox brand. He just sucks the energy out of any Xbox game." Uh, I don't have a problem with Jeff Keighley, and I'm not sure Microsoft does either. I mean, he's a hype man, doing what he you know wants to do. And he also says in multiple E3s, Jeff made sure third-party games that have marketing partnership with Microsoft mentioned that it's coming to PlayStation. Um, do you feel that that Jeff is over? Like he 
has something against Xbox, Jez, like like Faisal saying in chat? Because I don't really think so. I mean, I think he likes PlayStation better, you know, because I don't really I just think. But I don't think I just that think like anyone has a preference. Like I, I obviously have a preference for Xbox and PC. You know, I obviously do. I barely touch my PlayStation. It gathers dust. You know, it, I barely touch it. It's just the way it is. Like I just prefer Xbox and always have. And I, you know, I wear that on my sleeve. But for some people who sort of try to act like they're neutral and kind of obviously aren't, I think that's where it comes from sometimes. I think everyone has a preference, and that's completely acceptable and natural. But, you know. I think the only thing that you can say uh, uh, is that he loves uh, Kojima. (laughs) <laughs> that's that's basically it he he, he has you associate a, kojima with playstation too yeah, so. he, he loves loves kojima but um honestly here's the, the real thing with the, the demo is that like it's also kind of hard to get truly excited about it because it's not real it's not a real game you'll never play it it's it's just that it took like 24 people six months to build that eight minute demo it's not something we'll ever play. So when I was watching, I was like, yeah, you know what? I would like to see a new, uh, like, Uncharted or, like, a new uh, Tomb Raider or something. But yeah. it's it's weird, like, where Xbox shows you, granted, they give you a first look at next gen, but it's from smaller indie titles, right? Like The Scorn and Bright Infinite Memory, where people are like, that's not what we wanted, and then Epic shows off this Unreal Engine demo, which isn't even re- a real game. And people are like, this is amazing. And I think it has to do a lot with the promise of Next Generation. Like, normally when you buy a console at the start of a generation, there's really not a lot of games available for it. You're more buying it on the promise of what's to come. And you always think, like, well, games will get better as time goes on. Like, the, the, the visual quality of games will increase as time goes. Like, we've seen it through every generation. Like, games, at the end of a generation, look and play remarkably better than the games at the start of a generation. It basically always happens. So when, like, someone buys a Series X at the start, even though there's not going to be that many games in comparison to what they'll end up with, you'll know that by the end, the games will, you know, look start to look better. They'll take more advantage of its unique feature sets and stuff. So you're buying it. You're buying it more on the promise, and that's what I think. Like that Unreal Engine demo did was it really played to the promise of next generation because it's not it's not real. So it's hard to truly look at that and be it's like, hell unreal. yeah, hell yeah, <laughs> it's unreal. Unlike the Ghost of Shima thing, where like I'm gonna be playing that in two months. That's something to get really excited for. Like I, you know. So you're watching the Ghost of Tsushima thing, and I was way more excited about the Ghost of Tsushima than seeing the PS5 Unreal Engine demo, just because I know Ghost of Tsushima's a real freaking product that I'm going to be playing soon. I'm never going to play this PS5 Unreal Engine demo thing, which is why I'm saying, like, I want to see a true, true next-gen walkthrough of a game. Whether that's, it's that's what I'm talking about. I, I think, like, I think all the, the fanboys who are saying this is, like, the next coming of christ i think they feel the same way i think they're just pretending that it's amazing because they've got nothing else to latch onto right now and they're super bored i think that's that's the reality of the matter you know because yeah. when when have we ever been excited for a a, a, plat, a platform agnostic engine demo before i can't remember lamar lamarcus you know. says it's real running on ps5 hardware rand yeah sure it's a real demo 
that you can play on the PS5, but it ain't a real game. And you're never going to play it, and I'm never going to play it. And honestly, what is there to even play in that demo? What did she really do? She jumped over some cliffs, she climbed up some rocks, she walked really slowly with a light, and then she flew in a cutscene. So what is there exactly to play? I understand that it runs real-time on the PlayStation 5. Nobody's disputing that. But it ain't a real game. Now, if they said that this was being turned into a real game, I would be like, okay, now that's something I, that's something I can get behind. This, I know this is going to be a real game at some point. But they already said that there's no plans for that to ever become a real game. And, un, and, and Epic doesn't make games like that anymore. Look at Fortnite. They don't make games. Epic does not make games that are on the cutting edge of technology anymore. They just don't. So, I'm sorry... When I look at that Unreal Engine demo, it's impressive, it gives you the promise of next-gen, but it's hard to truly get excited about it because it's not real. So, sorry. Um, but there is the other part of that that I wanted to talk about was the 30 frames thing because this demo ran in 1440p, you know, no ray tracing, which uh, whatever, it doesn't yeah, really bother me, I don't really care. But when you combine the 30 frames thing alongside Assassin's Creed Valhalla which was kind of, uh, you know, uh, confirmed to be running at least at 30 frames. Man, it seems, uh, it seems <laughs> like uh, the dream of 60 frames games on Next Generation is dead, at least in the beginning. Mm. It's, it well, definitely that's the thing. Like, it's, people, people seem to have really short memories, man. Like, do you remember, like, what Assassin's Creed Black Flag looked like on the Xbox One versus the Xbox 360 wasn't that different. I remember when I played, like, um, when I first got my Xbox One, I remember thinking, yeah, I can't really tell that much of an upgrade, you know. But there just wasn't that many games running on the system like that. But now if you go and play, like, Red Dead Redemption 2, even on an OG uh, Xbox One or an Xbox One S, it's, like, light years ahead of what we got at the start of the gen, save for perhaps Rise. And of course, Rise is a special case because it's Christ. It's the Crisis team who are sort of known for that kind of that those kind of graphics. So, expecting like a generational leap at the start of the gen is like something that just often doesn't really happen. And I think like you're gonna really see the the full benefit of these consoles a year or two years down the line when they finally cut off. You know. The mechanical hard drives of yesteryear and f fully pivot to the next gen systems it's like that every gen you know like for <laughs> call of duty was using the 360 engine for at least two or three games into that gen and into last gen i mean well current gen god it's, it's confusing which gen are we even in right now? wait the call of duty was using what engine like the three, the 360 engine. I mean, yeah, like, I mean, which they, they they were using the Quake engine for forever. I I think they yeah. finally updated their engine with uh, the new Modern Warfare game, but forever for the entire last gen, they were using the, the Quake engine, and the Quake yeah, engine is the, old as shit. And those games started looking really dated. You know, they started looking really dated uh, after a while. But this when when you've got business considerations to make. It's kind of like, do we really need to have a full-blown engine upgrade at the moment? And they can get if they can get away with selling 
tens of millions of copies of Call of Duty on the back of a 360 engine, they'll do it. And they did do it. And they did it really well on, to a point. And then it, it got to a point where like Battlefield just looked so much better than Call of Duty. They're kind of like, oh, okay, maybe now's the time we upgrade our engine, you know. So um, the start of the journey is always about the early adopters, right? And I think like the fact that people are stuck at home th- right now because of the pandemic, I feel like there's more tension than usual in the, the console war whole paradigm you know it's super boring to me because i just don't i just don't care about console war. someone comes at me with the console war twitter i just instantly block them because i just think i'm a grown-ass man i don't care about your plastic i don't care about your plastic stuff i can like afford all consoles thank god and i will buy all consoles eventually you know i got a switch i got a ps4 i got a you know i got a beefy pc i play on everything and you know, I don't, I really don't care which console people prefer, but people get really in their feelings about this stuff. And um, both consoles have something great to offer at the end of the day. But ultimately, I think as Xbox fans, I think it's worth being concerned about Xbox because when Xbox has this small platform, it leads to us missing out, right? We miss out on things like Persona arbitrarily. We miss out on like all the games arbitrarily. We missed out on Yakuza for most of this gen arbitrarily. Microsoft finally got that unlock, but you know, having a bigger platform just is better for the gaming experience, and having competition is better for the gaming experience. So, the way some people try and make out like they hope Xbox will go away just makes me feel like they're not actually really that into gaming they're just into trolling more than anything I well, some, tangent, some people are some people some some people for sure are and uh drunken mm-hmm. ninja says in the super chat sunny sony distracting people from how they're sunny. suing youtube channels and striking their content down even if they don't talk about the specific leak i'm assuming he's talking about the last of us stuff which i've steered away from and uh evan washington says hey jez is right even the difference between black and unity was quite big graphically once they dropped the 360 and PS3. Um, so I know, like the initial conversation we were having before you kind of went on a cha- uh, tangent was the 60 frame stuff. Uh, oh, yeah, sorry. I um, <clears throat> it's just disappointing. Like when I looked at Assassin's Creed Valhalla, right? Like in whatever, like the cinematic trailer looked great. Uh, that first gameplay trailer we got. Uh, was absolutely horrible. Like that's an absolutely horrible trailer. Like it's not the fact that it doesn't have any gameplay. Like that's just a horrible trailer. Period. Right. I was thinking to myself, man. Like, all right, cool. Like I loved Odyssey. Like, oh, imagine that Assassin's Creed Odyssey in 60 frames. So it's like, okay, both the PS5 and Series X are beastly machines, right? And I'm like, all right, so definitely you could do doable 60 frames on these things. And then it's like, no, looks like it's 30. And then you think to yourself, oh, man, are we really about to... Well, maybe it's because it's cross-gen. Maybe because, like, are well, they built the, the other versions is, of the other the, ones, the, you know? The thing is, the thing is, the thing is, like, they didn't say outright it wouldn't well, be true. frames per second. True, that they didn't. Well, it, I was, was going to bring up that point, yeah. It might just be a case of, like, they want to double, triple check before they commit to a frame rate. Like, I don't... It might be a case of that Ubisoft's engine just assumes that 60 frames isn't possible 
it it could be a it could be a, a matter of that because Ubisoft uses like they use like a couple of internal engines to make their games, right? I think one of them's called Snowdrop. I can't remember what the other one's called, but maybe they're just like hard coded for thirty frames per second or something on on console. Because don't forget that even though Xbox shares a lot of APIs with PC for game development nowadays, it's still a bit different. So maybe the Xbox version of their engine just needs to evolve before they can get it to 60 frames or something. And maybe they're thinking like, oh God, what if we don't have the engine, the tech in place to unlock this frame rate or something by, by launch or something like that. It might well end up being 60 frames a second, but... I mean, yeah. maybe maybe there could be a mode where you could toggle on a performance load like we saw with a lot of Xbox One X games. And I, I do think a lot of it, it, like you're right, they said at least 30 frames. That's That still could potentially open the door later on where they do their own event in July like they are on July 12th where they talk about the game and how it performs and they have a 60 frames thing, right? Um, my thing was like, it, it's just... You know, like, when they talk about this gen, and even Phil's talked about, like, the feel of this gen will be different. They focused on frame rate. Um, and, and then to see, like, the big, kind of the first big AAA game that's being talked about is this, like, it seems like it might be stuck at 30 frames. And you're like, ah, oh, man, that's, that's really disappointing uh, to see. And then, of course, you get this demo that also runs at 30 frames. And then you kind of look at the reasons why, and it's like, man, some developers probably are just going to just run their games at 30 frames and just turn up the all the graphical settings that they can possibly have to make the game look as good as it can possibly be like ak textures you know uh like everything they can possibly do to make the game look as great as it can and they're not worried about running it at 60 frames which would be disappointing because i think the consoles are finally at that point where they can do that more often than not and it seems like developers will just be like no we just want this game to look pretty as shit um well i've talked i've talked before about how i would rather i would take the resolution and environmental details in a cinematic game over frame rate personally because i watch movies at 30 frames a second like it doesn't bother me to play as a a non-competitive multiplayer game at 30 frames doesn't bother me well, movies, but, movies like, are 24 frames per second, Jez, but, you know. Uh, are they 29.8 or something? Movies, I mean, 24. somebody can maybe correct me in chat, but um, movies, like, when you go to the movie theater and you watch movies, they're usually shot at 24 frames. Okay, well, you know, well, exactly. That's even less than, but, like, YouTube videos are often 29.8 frames per second or something like that. Like, it just doesn't bother me. If I'm if I'm playing a cinematic game, I don't care if it's got a low a low a low frame rate as long as it's consistent. But like I multiplayer games, yeah, I want them to be sixty frames a second because it affects your responsiveness and stuff like that. But um, but I feel like we're at a point where they could at least offer the option, you know. And like you've got Mon Monster Hunter World has a sixty frames a second mode on Xbox One X, but like it barely barely hits sixty frames. I think it's more like 45, 55 frames per second. You know, it, it rarely hits its target frame rate, but you would think that they could at least offer the option. And I think like a lot of engines will move towards making sure there is at least the option of, you know, maybe reducing resolution on grass in exchange for more frame rate and stuff like that. Because that's 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 what you get on PC. You know, I've been playing on PC 
all week and I've been running I've been running Mech Warrior 5 on Ultra at 1080p uh, for an RTX 2080 via Thunderbolt cable. So the Thunderbolt cable bottlenecks bottlenecks the power I can get out of the RTX 2080 by a fairly significant amount. But it's just cool being able to have the option. Like I can turn ray tracing on and sacrifice a few frames and have the game look amazing like with lighting or I can turn ray tracing off and make sure I've got stable frames and stuff like that. Like I really wish I really wish console games would have that amount of freedom to tweak stuff. Have you seen the PC settings for Gears Tactics? I mean, have yeah. I haven't seen that one. Well, actually no, I have seen the the, the settings for it. Yeah. You can you can tweak everything. Well, in, in Gears Tactics on PC, you can tweak literally everything. You can change like the density of shadows, the the amount of shadows, you can tweak how many rocks and how many like objects are in the world and how detailed they are. Like you can tweak literally everything. And I, I I'm kind of like at this point, why can't they just offer that on console? Like, is do they think people are stupid? Do they think people won't understand what happens if you toggle things on and off? Like, what what is the issue there? So I don't know. I don't know. But that's a completely different topic i do hope that they offer the option for people who care that much about frame rate but i personally don't well i gotta give a shout out to the newest member of the channel jericho jackson thank you very much for the support and aaron johnson says upvote zocker on xbox 2 ew ew zocker <laughs> upvote zocker on xbox 2 ew. how about downvote zocker on xbox 2 <laughs> Uh, and uh, Dead Captain James says casuals are the lar- largest demographic of console owners, and they don't even know what frame rate is, but they can see graphics, so that's why. I mean, that yeah, is that the too. truth. And I guess, I'd look, I, I don't know. Like, I, I'm just, I would be disappointed if a lot of like, I, I, I guess what I'm saying is like, I thought Assassin's Creed would could do it, and then it seems like it's probably not going to. So I'm just disappointed about it like is this like yeah like that sucks because i would like to really see what you know valhalla could do at 60 frames not like like i said like a game like the medium which i think is 30 frames like that that type of game probably doesn't necessarily need to be 60 frames but like uh, there's just some games that absolutely do um so i we'll have to wait and see how this gen plays out i mean like a game like valhalla which started development in 2017 is basically a current gen game anyways and Ubisoft and that studio probably didn't know what the specs were for the PS5 and Series X and you know until like last year at some point. So they were being you know built on Xbox One and PS4, uh, or at least the main specs. So maybe Assass- maybe the next Assassin's Creed, maybe the one that comes out in 2022 that is only on current gen, and they get rid of Xbox One and PS4. M- maybe that's different. Maybe they change it. But a lot of that's the thing with with like launch games is a lot of these games are essentially games targeting current gen because they wouldn't have known the specs of the next gen systems yet. So you got to keep that in mind as well. So, uh, but then the other thing I wanted to talk about was uh, Pactor making those crazy predictions again, Jazz. You know, we talked about with Pactor his predictions. I think he says some of this stuff. I think he says some of this stuff. Uh, because it keeps his name in the news, right? And clearly, he has a day job where he gives advice to, uh, like, he's like a stock, he's like a stock analyst. So he gives like mm. advice to people who, you know, uh, 
you know, like he, I think he, I'm not exactly sure. Like I couldn't tell you who he works for like Webbrush securities and they run funds and stuff like, and I, I know he like gives advice to the people that are paying into it. So he's probably really good at his job. Otherwise he wouldn't be doing it. So part of me thinks he says these things. And when we talked earlier about like the June show and then Sony giving the price, this kind of dovetails into this because he said Series X was going to be 400 and that PS5 was going to be 500. So my immediate thought was like, okay, that confirms the PS5 is 400 and the Xbox Series X is 500. Because usually when he <laughs> when he says these things, it's always the opposite happens. Most of the time, it's like literally the opposite. And his whole thing was that it's really important. Like it's a big thing for Sony, like whatever they do, because PlayStation is like a big component of like Sony's balance sheet that any sort of like loss they take on it is like magnified just because of how important PlayStation is to Sony. Whereas Mm. on X where Xbox isn't really that significant to Microsoft. And that like, we've seen tweets from like people like Mike Ybarra basically imply that. Right. Uh, and then even when he had Peter Moore on the panel and, and he, he basically said the same thing, basically that Microsoft makes so much money from so many different avenues, so many different places that they could absorb the significant loss that they would take at selling the Xbox series X at 400. If they really wanted to push the system, if they really wanted to like really stick it to Sony and being like, we're going to sell this system that is more powerful and we're going to undercut you by 100 simply because we can. And it's not going to really affect us in any meaningful manner where we know it'll affect you. But then, I, you know, the more you think about it, it's like, they're not, this is like, X, sure. And this is what I always say to people that say Xbox has unlimited money. They don't. They absolutely do not. Right? Sure, Xbox is a part of Microsoft. No. But Mike, but Phil and Xbox, yeah, Phil does not have the fucking war chest that Satya Nadella and Amy Hood are in control of. Like they don't. So I I think it's unrealistic to expect the Series X to come in at three ninety nine, especially with the rumored insanity. You think (laughs) it's insanity? I think it's insanity to think it will come in at that price. Hmm. I, I want to believe. I, I want to believe your your analysis that he just said it to say in the news. I, I, think I think he does. I, I I just don't. I don't see it, man. Not with the tech that's going into that system. I don't see it. I, I mean, I do. I think Microsoft's going to sell the system for a loss. I think it's going to cost them more than five hundred bucks to make it, and yeah. I think they'll take the slight loss on it to sell it at five hundred. Because, in my opinion, they sell that system at six hundred. It's oh like it's dead basically like I, I don't know people will bring up cell phones and shit and I don't know why people do this a gaming console is not a freaking cell phone it never will be I know people will go out and spend twelve hundred dollars on cell phones every single year but a gaming console is not a cell phone people don't look at a gaming console like they look at their cell phones I hate that argument because it's <laughs> it makes people I, 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 I like the argument it, I like it's it. so stupid. Like, well, Why? Use, what's so stupid about it? Because the console sits underneath your TV. Your phone is an extension of yourself that you literally bring with you. Your entire life is in your phone. So people are willing to spend <laughs> and, and phones are almost kind of, well, maybe not necessarily anymore, but like a social, like they're like, um, 
what's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, social. Social. Hugs. No, I was. It was basically like when like cell phones started becoming more ubiquitous. Like people, like people, you get iPhones because they were seen as like for the wealthy or for uh, the more well-off people, right? So like it was a stat a status symbol. It was a social status symbol that oh you you know you you have an iPhone you must be you must be rich or you must be well-off. Like I, I think that's changed over the course of time where you know iPhones are just as you know, readily available as something like the androids and stuff. But, uh, yeah, like I think, I think any, any price above 500 is kind of, uh, <laughs> it's kind of a, a no man's land. So series X, like at the most is 500 bucks. Uh, I, I, I cannot see it being 600. Dude, it just, it just amuses me. Like, I know, I know you hate the mobile phone argument, and I, I agree with you, really, that people see their phones different, and you carry, you carry them around with you all day, and they're an extension of yourself, and they're, like, they're more like a tool. Like, a phone is more like a tool, and, and a console is more like a play thing, but it does, it does crack me up, right, how Apple can sell wheels for $800. <laughs> Or something like that, and 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 get away with it. Whereas, like Sony and Microsoft, if they price their consoles above the generally socially accepted medium, even if you're going to spend like tens of hours, hundreds of hours, maybe even thousands of hours playing games and having fun on these systems, it it just cracks me up the way people ass- ascribe value to things. Would you pay thousand dollars for wheels for a Mac Pro rent? No, of course not. And even though, even though I game on, uh, even though I game ex- like exclusively almost on Xbox, like ninety nine percent of my gaming is here. Even I would, at some point, even I would be like, eh, six hundred dollars for Series X. I'd be like, eh, I probably would get it. But anything more than like seven hundred dollars, I'd be like, no, I'm good. Like that's even though even though Mac Pro wheels are seven hundred dollars. I know, and obviously there are a lot of there there are a lot of uh, there are a lot of Apple fanboys out there who (laughs) are willing to pay that amount of money because it's seen as status symbols, or at least they think it's seen as status symbols. When in reality, they're just gigantic idiots. (laughs) The Mac Pro stand is a strip of metal, and it costs a thousand dollars. Ten thousand dollars. And then, but but the other thing is like if if where does Lockhart fit in all that, right? Because if the Series X comes out of four hundred, like is Lockhart one ninety nine? Does because but then this also brings up the conversation, Jez. Like, what if Lockhart got canceled and you just don't even know it? I mean, maybe if it was canceled, it would have been very very recently. Because I know I know I know about developers that are targeting that console right now, so um. That would be awkward if it was cancelled, but you know it has happened, and I, I've talked in the past about the Surface Mini being cancelled literally as it came out of the factory. So it has happened in the past. Who knows, man? I um, I you know what I really do think happened. I think when uh, Digital Foundry and Austin Evan went out there to see Series X, I bet you they saw Lockhart too. You think? Uh, I bet you they did. I bet you. I bet you they are NDA'd out out the wazoo on that, and they probably made videos or whatever 
and they're just waiting for the Microsoft go ahead because I, I potentially I think plans changed. I mean, we know plans changed because like we had mm. heard that things were supposed to be different. Like so, like I would not be surprised that whenever Lockhart is talked about, like you see Digital Foundry and Austin Evans with with a video immediately. Like I would not be surprised if that was the case. But like I don't know. I, I see Series X at five hundred. The PlayStation. I still think it's 500, but Sony, Sony's always surprising. You never know what they're going to do. Like they stay quiet, right? And then they come out and they just like, even though I think it's going to be 500 bucks, I could easily see them just being like 399, whatever. And people being like, what? Right. You never, you never can be too sure, too sure with what Sony's doing. Uh, they don't really. They've been extremely quiet about the lead up of PlayStation Five. And I don't, did you see the question that someone asked that their investor called Jez? Mm-mm. They asked him. Um, they basically asked him like, "Hey, you know, Xbox has been really, you know, outspoken about Series X, and you guys haven't said much." And they asked him about like the the differences between the marketing campaigns and the the PlayStation guy or the Sony guy, the Sony CEO, basically said. Uh, well, we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, come back to us when you see the sales between the two or whatever. Oh my God! Basically saying, you know, like which which uh, marketing strategy is the best? Which I mean, yeah, it's the truth. It's like, you know, we'll we'll see. Like who who who's doing the best right now? Like nobody really can buy the the PlayStation Five or Series X, so. Uh, some people looked at that comment as arrogant again, like, Oh, come back to me, you know, compare sales, uh, you know, in, in a couple years, but he's probably right. So, well, yeah. Um, I don't really, they, they... but that's, that's the thing though. It's, it's an evolving industry. Like they can compare sales all they want, but you know, if X cloud blows up and Microsoft ads, like technically, tens of thousands hundreds of thousands maybe millions more gamers as a result yeah. of that in asia it could completely change the game and bit, i think like yeah he basically said let the sales speak for themselves yeah um it's gonna be interesting it's gonna be two two years from now it's gonna be very interesting where what we're talking about if indeed there is two years from now given what's going on in the world mm-hmm. um i hope there is round because i really want to play state of decay 3 I really hope State of Decay 3 is an actual improvement and not State of Decay 1.8. Cuz State of Decay 2 was State of Decay 1.5. It was it was. And it was. It, State, still, of, State of Decay 3 needs to be a significant improvement in every way, a significant advancement for State of Decay franchise. I'm it, it just needs it to be. It cannot it cannot be like, well, here's State here's State of Decay 2 or or 3 which is like Ooh. regular online. Sorry, not going to cut it. This is the third game. Speaking of games that need to do better, we have some breaking news. Breaking news? Breaking news. Anthem just announced its plans for the rest of the year. And what are are their plans? What what is Anthem's plans? (sighs) They have a 30-person strong team who are currently prototyping the next update, and to quote the blog post, say, spoiler, this is going to be a long process. So, it looks like Anthem's going to carry on, but 
more like an indie game. Mm. Mm. Do you think they should even bother at that point? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, DICE just dropping support for Battlefield Five and moving on to their next thing. Um, oh, they dropped they, they dropped support for Battlefront as well, which I was surprised about. Like, it's really funny because I mean, like, I mean both those communities because I still play those games sometimes, and like the battle the Battlefront community was laughing at the Battlefield community because their game got cancelled, and then a week later they were like, "Oh, by the way, we're showing <laughs> Battlefront development as well." Uh, but those service games have to end at some point, right? Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, and. <laughs> Anthem Anthem's just a horrible game. Like I'm not I'm not surprised. Like they Bioware probably went back to the drawing board, like how can we improve this in this? And they realized how much work would have to actually go into it, you know what I mean? And uh this is the problem when you try and make a f- when you try and make a photorealistic game that has as much content expectation as something like World of Warcraft, it becomes problematic. Like the reason games like World of Warcraft do so well is because it's like it's low poly, right? Which means they can churn out content relatively quickly. Like it's not it's not like as much work to make a model in World of Warcraft as it is in say Anthem, where everything has to be photorealistic. So like and also they can reuse a lot of existing assets. When they make a new dungeon in World of Warcraft, like it's not it probably I'm not I'm not trying to discredit the work that goes into making those dungeons because World of Warcraft dungeons are amazing. But if you wanted to make that kind of dungeon in Anthem and have it be all photorealistic, it's like way more investment. And then you couple that with the fact Anthem doesn't have a subscription fee or anything like that. And Destiny has this problem too. It's kind of like, how can you make more content while also maintaining that level of visual fidelity? I don't know. I went off on a tangent there, but I thought it was interesting that we were talking about State of Decay and then Anthem came back out of the woodwork. That was interesting. What do you think? What do you think? Because um, uh, we're sort of getting towards the end of the show now, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just want, I just want, to, I just want to put this one at you because we've got EA Play coming up and we've got Ubisoft's event coming up, and Ubisoft has teased um surprises from existing franchises and ea is t surprises too like respawn entertainment uh vince sampella yeah, i probably pronounce which he I said there's no Titanfall game in development yeah no Titanfall game it's a shame but he did say there's going to be surprises so what do you think realistic surprises we could get out of ea and what realistic surprises could we get out of ubisoft in june uh, I think for Ubisoft, you're probably going to see uh, a new Far Cry. Um, not Splinter Cell? N- not. <laughs> yeah, definitely not a new Splinter Cell. I mean, unless oh. like the new Splinter Cell is like, exclusive. You know, like. Unless, unless like Sony like bought ex- like It was like, hey, you build us Splinter Cell and have it exclusive to the PlayStation. Uh, you know? Like, the only way Splinter Cell comes back, in my opinion, is if someone pays for it to come back. So whether it's like Xbox or PlayStation or Nintendo, uh, like, but I fully expect there to be a new Far Cry game. Um, As for like EA, I mean, Mass Effect, but like I know the Mass Effect trilogy, you know, that's rumored to be coming out this year. I don't know if that's really a surprise. I mean, I guess it could be classified as a surprise. Um, I don't know what else. I mean, EA could really have as a surprise though. 
Oh man, I would. I know this is never going to happen, but it's it's funny, right? Because I I've always said on this show that Microsoft would never invest in horror games, but here we are with Scorn and the Medium, which are basically Microsoft are investing in those games, right? Mm-hmm. To have them sit alongside Xbox Series X marketing. What if what if EA brought back Dead Space, man? What if? I mean, that would be Something awesome like. if they did bring back Dead Space, but I just. I mean, they they basically shuttered Visceral so they could get Respawn. And probably at the end of the day, when you look back on that, that was probably the right decision. You look at Respawn and what they're doing, what they're they're currently doing and will continue to do with Apex Legends and what they did with Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, which sold uh, an absolute crap ton and is now the beginning of a franchise. You could make the argument that, like, shuttering Visceral so you could have the capital to go after Respawn was the right choice. But they bloody... They took Visceral off the games they were good at making, like Dante's Inferno and Dead Space, and tried to make have them make a weird Battlefield spin-off, which wasn't terrible, but wasn't great either. Yeah, that's probably because the Dead Space games and Dante's Inferno didn't live up to EA's sales expectations. And at the time... You recall, like Battlefield was popping. Battlefield three, Battlefield four, mm-hmm. you know, it was it was doing really well, and they probably wanted another Battlefield game. So it's like here you have this Dead Space developer, and their games don't make that much. Like screw it, put them on a Battlefield heart, put them on a Battlefield game. We'll make us more money, make Battlefield even more popular, and you know because of it, like they got shut down and all that stuff. It's it's disappointing. Um. We've got a couple super chats I need to read. We got one from Scuttle Scuttler Race. He says, "Rand, when will Xbox get games on the level of Ghost of Tsushima? Um, like in level of what? Like how it looks? Um, like I, I don't know. I think Gears looks just as good as that game. Uh, Almighty says, "Hey, Jazz, the only interesting thing in that article is the uh, Star Wars: uh, The Old Republic." Um, which article? I don't know. He just said that's what he said. Oh, did he talk about Star Wars? I don't no, know. I, um, I don't know what I call those. But what did you? So what did you think of the Ghost of Tsushima state of play? Um, I really liked it. Like I uh, watched it this morning actually. Um, when I got up at four in the morning because my sleep cycle is screwed, and um, I thought it looked really good. I thought I kind of felt like visually it probably wasn't as impressive as the reveal um and also like if you look at like the detail in some of the areas it's hard not to compare it to assassin's creed i'm sorry it's just hard like it's it's it looks like a very similar kind of game um with the open world stealth and stuff like that like the world doesn't seem as detailed as assassin's creed worlds just doesn't but i'm a huge fan of akira kurosawa samurai movies and the fact that it's got like the the black and white filter and the the combat looks really satisfying with like the you know the the dueling and slashing and cutting people's hands off and stuff like that and the the sprays of blood it feels like a love letter to those like classic 50s 60s 70s samurai movies you know like have you seen any of those like your jimbo yeah yeah yeah, i've seen those i've seen those oh god I i love those movies so I'm I'm excited for it purely on that basis, but I can't help but wonder what will the inevitable Assassin's Creed Samurai <laughs> Ninja game look like now? I, I can't mean, help they, but wonder. They're, they're kind of screwed because Sucker Punch got to the got to this before they did, 
So, <laughs> yeah, I'm. I have full faith that Ubisoft can do a do a similar take while you know advancing it because I still think Assassin's Creed looks better than what what Ghost of Tsushima looks like. Um. So I thought. Uh, I I I thought. Um. Ghost of Tsushima looked really good. I didn't think it looked amazing. Um. I I do kind I of like. I did. Oh, sorry, I did really like the stylistic look that they have. Like when you're in those, he's riding his horse, and you see like the cherry blossoms and everything. Uh, like that really popped. Um, the stealth aspect is really cool. We don't get a lot of games that do stealth anymore. So like to see like, oh, he, we got this like dishonorable ghost, right? And to see mm. the stealth mechanics and tactics that he was using, that stuff is cool. Uh, the samurai combat was I have to I have to see more how the combat plays out because it seemed too much like one hit counter kills. It almost reminded me of early Assassin's Creed uh, battle <laughs> mechanics, like Assassin's Creed two or three, where you would you would Dude. counter one and then just instantly kill like five other people around you. Do you remember like the end of Assassin's Creed one, where it's just like you're going through like a foresty linear foresty area and there's like loads of dudes and all you do is like just counter kill counter kill counter kill counter kill over and over again well yeah that's so that's what that's what the combat looked like was the counter kill yeah. which may, maybe maybe you know that i kind of wish they went more in depth on on the combat uh hmm. because like i like the idea of doing a 1v1 like uh fight me and you you fight so we'll see but like and i i do wonder uh, like, do you choose between being the samurai and you choose between being the dishonorable ghost? I know I've never actually played a Sucker Punch game. I haven't played the infamous game, so I don't really know. But I do oh. know in their games, there is a morality system normally that kind of teeters towards like getting the good bending, good ending or bad ending, where you can play like good or bad. I, I do kind of wonder if like the samurai, if you play mostly as a honorable samurai that you'll get like the one path and you'll get the one ending. And if you play as the dishonorable ghost, it'll give you more dynamic storytelling options in the other direction. And you'll get like the bad ending or whatever. But well, that, that was what I was going to say actually, is that like the thing that excites me most about it is that it looks like a big step up for sucker punch because I have played like the previous infamous games and I wasn't a big fan. I thought they were like kind of bland open world kind of games. I know people like those games, but I just, I just didn't think much of them, you know. I thought they were kind of, they were cool conceptually, but this feels like a step up for the studio, and I'm excited for them in that vein. And um, if this is the kind of direction they're going to go in, then I do like that because there aren't many studios, like you say, there aren't many studios who are doing stealth games and, you know, doing them well. So, and Aquaman says any similarities between Ghost of Shima and Sekiro. And not really, like, I was kind of hoping Ghost of Shima's, like, combat would be more like Sekiro, where it's like, you, you're you going up against the warrior, and you're just, like, you know, attacking and blocking, and you're having these, like, incredible parry attacks, but it, it definitely seemed like that's not the direction they went in, which is fine, I'll have to wait and see how it actually plays out. Um, but I, I, I do kind of wish there was a deeper dive into the combat as a samurai, because I was just, I was watching that, I was just like, eh... Like, yeah, I, I did see like okay. on screen there was um 
there was like at the in the bottom left there was like a, a bar, some kind of bar with like a right and left bumper. Yeah. Uh, L one L one. I was like, what do they do? You know, they didn't really explain that. Yeah, well, it's just fine. Like you know, they got eighteen minutes of it. It looks it looks it looks good. Like I like the stylistic, uh, you know, their graphics they're going for. Um, I I like that the wind kind of points you in the right direction. I think that's cool. Um, you know, I the the picture mode. Even though I don't use picture mode a lot in games. I think it's. I think more developers need to do that because it's like free like advertising on social media. People love to screw around with the photo modes, right? And then and then they put them up on Twitter, they put them up on social, and they put them up on YouTube, and it's it's like free advertising for the game. Like, I don't know why like a lot more studios don't do a photo mode. Um, Like when when I'm because because of my job, my job is Xbox analyst basically. Um, I kind of. Oftentimes when I see Sony stuff, I look at it through the lens of a gamer first because I'm going to buy it and play it and enjoy it. And then kind of like, how does this, how does this, I look at it through the lens of like an Xbox employee watching it and thinking like, what, what should we do with this? And I couldn't help but think like, I really wish Microsoft did these kind of deep dives into their games. And like, I wrote an article about it this morning. Some people did point out that they'd done, they'd done a similar deep dive for Grounded but well, that was from PAX, and I kind of mm. feel like that was probably Obsidian who initiated that because Microsoft generally doesn't do these twenty-minute long deep dives. You know, like they just don't, they just don't do it. Halo used to do uh, the vid docs and stuff, the which were docs. always yeah, very interesting. Uh, people have been sending me this Tim Sweeney thing in my DMs, so shout out to everybody sending me this tweet. Uh, he tweeted this about twenty minutes ago. It looks like says the Unreal Engine 5 demo on PlayStation 5 was the culmination of years of discussions between Sony and Epic on future graphics and storage architectures. The Nanite and LumenTech powering it will be fully supported on both PS5 and Xbox Series X <laughs> and will be awesome on both. And then He's listening to our show. And then and then he adds a, he adds on to it and high-end PCs and with features for scaling the content down to run on current generation platforms using traditional rendering and lighting techniques. So there you go. That's what Tim Sweeney is basically saying that, uh, they worked closely with PlayStation to build the demo and obviously unreal will run on everything, including current gen systems. Uh, I bet, I bet you he's reacting to a flood of like pseudo, bloggers who were like oh man is this exclusive to playstation i bet i bet he's reacting to the fake the fake news that's flying around there right now there's probably like loads of people who genuinely think it's exclusive i mean of course but like i said that's you know sony and that's sony marketing at work but i mean i don't know why anybody would think it was exclusive and it's unreal engine for christ's sake it's a (laughs) multi-platform engine um dude i've i've just i've got to say this right i've just discovered a cocktail right Mm-hmm. Because I was drinking this Cardu Gold Reserve single malt whiskey, and I was finding it hard to drink because it's very strong, very sort of pungent. However, you do have some black currant juice in the fridge, and I mixed it with the whiskey, and it works really well. But I've never heard of black currant and whiskey being a cocktail, so I've I've decided that I'm gonna invent this cocktail and claim it as my own. Hmm. <laughs> All right, all right. You, you do that, Jazz. You know what? I think we've probably come to the end of the show. Uh, if yeah, you have man, any questions, man. make sure you hit them up in chat. Me and Jazz will answer them. We appreciate everyone being here on this Friday. 
as we just ramble on and on about stuff. I did see we had a, I don't know, seemed to be pissed off some manner of fans or whatever. I, I did see a lot of upset PlayStation Man. fans, I guess. I don't know. Uh, it's okay. Everything's going to be fine. Uh, PlayStation will yeah, be awesome. Man. Xbox will be awesome. It's all good. It's all good. I don't know why you uh, everyone get all upset. So if you've got a question, hit us up. If you like the show, make sure you hit the uh, like button and subscribe if you're new. Uh, we appreciate everybody uh, tuning in. And obviously this will be up later on iTunes and Spotify. And if that's the way you like to listen to the show, we are more than happy. All we want is for people to listen to the show wherever you are. And, uh, you know, if you like what we do, then uh, that's great. That's, that's all good for, I, for me and Jazz. I just want to add, like... There's no, there's no console war stuff here. Like, I love PlayStation. Like, I've been, I've had a PlayStation One. I had a PlayStation Two. My brother had a PlayStation Three. I didn't get a PlayStation Three because it was too expensive. But I love Sony. Like, I love, I have so many amazing experiences with those games. I was talking about Tony Hawk's earlier. I didn't play Tony Hawk on Xbox. I played it on PlayStation. You know, I switched, I switched to Xbox just because it was cheaper for me in the 360 era. And I don't know why people have to chalk everything, every criticism or pass, every criticism has to come down to a console war. Like, you, you should be able to criticize both Xbox and PlayStation. And you should want to criticize them because you should want them to do better for you as a consumer. You know, you should be able to criticize Xbox and you should be able to criticize PlayStation and Nintendo, you know, and Nvidia and AMD and Intel making the, the the parts for your pcs like don't get so in your feelings about these brands and these consumer these uh corporations because they ultimately don't care about you they care about your money and you know at the end of the day there are real people behind who make those experiences but at the top level it's always about getting your money and you shouldn't marry yourself to a brand you should be critical of them and expect them and want them to do better for you as the consumer. So just stop this console war stuff. It's just silly. And if you're over 13 and you're still doing the console war stuff, you need to get laid. Mm. You need to get laid. So Emperor Zergery says, hey, this question is mostly for Jez. Do you think (laughs) Gears Tactics needs New Game Plus and will it get new DLC? I, yes. Gears Tactics will get DLC. I'm just going to leak that now. Why not? Um, Gears Tactics is going to have post-launch support. I don't know what it's going to be. I don't know if it's going to be full-blown, full-blown expansions. I don't know if it's going to be like just little updates that add things here and there. But it is going to get post-launch support. The fact that it says Gears Tactics base game on the installation of the Windows version should pretty much tell you that there's going to be more to add to the base game. So you should expect some stuff for Gears Tactics down the line. They actually updated it this week. And now, when I play Gears Tactics, it causes my Razer chroma lights on my keyboard to flash when I'm shooting guns. I don't know why. It, it randomly got Razer chroma integration. But, you know, so it is being worked on. We got a question from Cinema Games. He says, uh, do you think Inside Xbox does more harm to the brand? They make it always appear like a big mm. show for the fans when it's not. Should Xbox keep the big news for FanFest? Hmm. I don't think Xbox inside Xbox does harm to the brand. I just think it's not for the super hardcore like us. And my criticism of inside Xbox was 
the show is too long for the amount of content that they have to show. Like, you only really had 20 or 30 minutes of content, but you stretched it out for an hour 15. And now with the new generation upon us and a whole bunch of new games, like, Inside Xbox could be much better because now you got actual stuff to talk about. So I don't think it does harm to the brand, but I do think they should... I don't know if they should hold big news for FanFest, because FanFest isn't really what that's what FanFest is for. Um, Let me ask you this, Jez. Do you think the July event where they're going to talk about first party and third party, do you think that's going to be labeled an inside Xbox? Mm, Or do you think it'll be something else? Well, they they announced this whole Xbox 2020 brand, didn't they? They 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 sure did. I think, like... Maybe if it's a really good show, maybe if they do brand it inside Xbox, it will help help the identity of inside Xbox because like you say, like people say, like we say, like um inside Xbox hasn't always been amazing and stuff like that. But I think like if it's a really good show, they could brand it inside Xbox and that could elevate the status of the brand, you know. And it's it's an evolving process, I think. At the end of the day, they're learning how to market things during the virus era and mm. It'll be okay in the end. Uh, Black Eye says, Rand, if I'm looking to a thousand, a thousand a game this weekend, what's a fun game with easy achievements? Hmm. Um, I'm going to recommend you to Maka91 Productions. He makes a lot of guides for games that are a thousand really kind of pinpoints, ones that are shorter in length. Um, I'm having a tough time thinking of one off the top of my head of an, an enjoyable one uh, that was like an easy thousand though. So go check out his channel. Um, he has like a playlist of like all that stuff. Um, and wants to know, Jez, why do you think Xbox fanboys get angry on Sony and PlayStation because of the recent unveils? Sorry. Can you repeat that? He says, why, why do you think Xbox fanboys get angry on Sony and PlayStation because of the recent unveils? Well, it's like we talk about, right? People are just sort of like, they see it as a, some people just see it as a sport, I guess. And they see it as their team taking an L. Um, I don't know. What do you think, Rand? Back me up here. Um, why do I think fanboys get angry at Sony and PlayStation because of the unveils? Um, I always think whenever, whenever one company does something, the people, the fans of the other one get upset. Because the other, like, so, to me, I think Xbox fans always look for the negatives in whatever Sony or PlayStation do, and I think PlayStation fans do the same. So, like, they, they, they always look at the negatives of any announcement, and they get they get angry about it. You know, like, that's kind of the way I've been looking at it. Um, so, that, I mean, <laughs> if that answers your question, that's, that's, that's what I'm going to go with. Um, Isildur's Bane, or Isildur's Bane says, you said you talked to Phil Spencer on occasion. Have you talked to him about what you'd recommend them to do for the July show? Um, I have not talked to them about, or talked to him about the July show. Um, and I don't really think he needs my recommendation on what they need to show. And if he did mean my recommendation, then, oh boy, we're, 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 we're in some trouble, you know? I think like, 
we we talk about Xbox a lot, but we ain't experts. At the end of the day, Microsoft has telemetry. They have focus groups. They have a lot of data they sift through that leads them to make these decisions. And we're just we're just basically two guys saying what we think. You know, if they <laughs> if they want to come to us for advice, like Rad says, it's probably bad. But at the same time, I, sometimes I feel like that telemetry and, and all those focus groups they have could probably weigh them down. Sometimes you just need to go with your gut feeling, maybe. But, yeah. Um, we do. We give Phil feedback, right? Yep. Can we say that? I mean, I, 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 I Phil reads his tweet. Phil reads the replies to his tweets, right? So like, he'll he'll have seen the feedback. He'll have seen the dislike ratio on the on the YouTube video of that showcase. So Phil absorbs the feedback, and that's one. What's one thing I really like about Microsoft is that they're open to feedback and they absorb feedback and they want feedback, like. So, um, you'd have to hope that the feedback they get from the, the May showcase will inform what they do in July and, and in the future. But I think, um, I do genuinely think it was a product of maybe miscommunication and product of people working from home and people like misunderstanding what gameplay means in the minds of the hardcore gamer. So, dude, I'm wasted. Uh, yeah, I know. So, uh, Alamanapino says, hey, keep up with the good work, boys. Where's that new intro? Well, new intro's always in the beginning of the new videos. Gunstar says, hey, do you guys think Xbox might crank up the clock speeds last minute a la Xbox One? Uh, probably not. Maybe maybe they do some more tweaking with Lockhart since they haven't really shown off or talked about it yet. But I wouldn't be surprised if Series X is kind of set into uh, what it currently is. Um, let's see. Uh, High Time says, Randall, you need to upgrade your intro. I just got the intro like literally two months ago. <laughs> I mean, I could always have, I could always have Sean Labrie add in like new images when new games get announced. Like if God of War 2 gets announced, I can replace that for the God of War 1 or Fable and stuff. Like I'll definitely have him switch out like for newer images as time goes along. But I mean, it's only like three months old. Like... I don't know. Um, I think that's I think that's pretty much it, Jez. Uh, so, yeah, you know what we uh, we appreciate everybody tuning into the show. We'll be back next week, Friday, of course. Unless you know we're going to be back on Friday, right, Jez? We're not going to be doing yeah, that indeed. Thursday. Nothing, nothing special going down. Although I've run yeah. out of whiskey, so I might have to buy some more. Yeah, so we'll be back uh, this time next week, hopefully with a lot more to talk about. And if you enjoyed the show, hit the like and subscribe button follow me and jez on twitter and uh Oops. you know yeah we got anything to say jez before we hit the road be nice to each other because life is short and console wars are ridiculous mm. so yeah yeah so keep it gaming guys and we'll see you next week later keep it gaming